Sharkworks, sponsor of the podcast, Rally Veterans. Yep. These guys, everybody knows them. They are the most legit when it comes to water-cooled Porsches. They're now dabbling in air-cooled Porsches. I just want to say they're huge nerds, and uh, we've we talked to them before. We love it. They will get as deep as you want into every little vein of automotive shiz, and um, they really know what they're talking about. And it's fun to see a company of down-to-earth dudes building the highest-performance shit out there. Yep. Um, so shout out to Sharkworks. Where do you find them, Lane? Sharkworks.com. That's W E R K S.com. And uh, I've been in the industry, the same industry, for over 10 years. They're the one company I can say I've never heard a, like a bad thing about. Every company has their little, you know, you hear about these people. Yeah, they're not good. Sharkworks, just good products, good guys. Um, great service you know they're all passionate about the porsches and everything and that's the reason they're doing 964s now because they're really into 964s um still into your gt cars your 997s 996s gt3s gt4s all that stuff but um they're they're the best and it's i mean you look at a brand new porsche and you, you could think you know how can you improve that but really from the factory they make compromises and so sharkworks just uh fine tunes out all of those compromises and so you know if yeah like people are talking about the gearing on a gt4 or um you know just the exhaust or any of these little details like that's where they shine um taking it just uh one step up yeah one last thing that i absolutely love about them is that they design everything in-house all of their products are tested on their own cars before they actually put it on a customer car so it's tried and true and they're also manufactured in california and are 50 state emission compliant which is very rare so uh pretty awesome stuff very high quality again Sharkworks, shark w-e-r-k-s check them out on instagram too they like to post some really cool stuff um, customer cars, their projects at Sharkworks on Instagram and Facebook. Driving while awesome podcast radio hour. <laughs> oh my God. Yo, do you guys know what a fluffer is? GTO Mellow Grimes. Oh, I got a PT Cruiser. It's a convertible. It's really cool. All oh, this melts of crayons <laughs> for you. Hey, YOLO, you only have one life. Do you have coilovers? No, Hi. beat it. Yeah, I'd say that's a pretty good podcast right there. <laughs> Damn it, I screwed it up. <laughs> the gnarly Mustang, the oh yeah, all the dirt bags, the GTO, the Camaro, me barely keeping up on the uh-huh. freeway. Um, and Thomas rolls up in his freaking Volvo, and so they're like side by side, you know, doing, you know, just gunning it and and racing each other. Fucking totally keeps up. It was no, such a weird. John picture, said he. Dude. John said he. He was like winning. He beat him. Yes. John's like, yeah, he kind of smoked us all. Like he he's faster than all of us. And then to John, I'm like, whoa, he smoked. He's like, whoa, like he starts defending he's all him. defensive. That's well, what yeah, he was getting all defensive. Like, get I'm defensive. like, oh shit, getting all defensive, dude. What's up with that, yeah. dude? Yeah. He's like, man, I think it's fast. But it totally, it was like a mind bender to like be on the freeway yeah. watching this happen because it just does not compute, you know? This, <laughs> yeah. So this weird. little orange Volvo just freaking Just like dialed. totally stock, original paint. too. All these yeah. other cars are so loud. And mm-hmm. his is just freaking bone quiet. 
bone quiet. Our, our bones quiet as ice. <laughs> quiet as a bone. Quiet as ice. Exactly. <laughs> Speaking of Jerusalem, yeah, Jerusalem, dude. Holy crap! Dude, like that car mobs. That it's thing so fast. was on my ass. Like I could not shake him at he all. Hand- and the car thing handles too, because he got new rubber on there. He so this is the suspension stuff. The V O L O L V O. Yeah, it's yeah. the Volvo V ninety, like a ninety seven with an LS and yeah. a six speed. And he's stri- he drives straight like a NASCAR driver. Totally he was like NASCAR. inches off my bumper. He got tires, so he's just he got his Zenus on that thing. He yeah, life changing. And he said it was life changing. Yeah, he's like, I can't no. believe I didn't do this like three years ago. Basically, his yeah. mustache was a little perked up. It was. Yeah. Oh, he curls a lot. <laughs> he is always. It was a little with more curled. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he can. Yeah, it handles really well, especially the, the fast sweepy stuff. Like it, it, it's. I mean, we cruised together for a bit, and just looking in the rear mirror and seeing the front of that car behind you, it's you just know, annoying, right? It, You're well, like, just get for, that thing it, off my like, ass. It kind of it like doesn't deserve to be there. It just looks. I don't. Is regal the right word? It's just like a serious old man's face, you know. And it's like, how is that thing driving like? That? <laughs> it has no sport at all. No, no, no it's not even like a 740 turbo that has like a little chin spoiler. Yeah, and you know, like the egg crate grill and stuff like that. That's these what things, makes it so awesome. These yeah. things are oh, like it's amazing, but these yeah. things like are even less than. I mean, it's yeah. yeah the terracotta orange just is fitting with the shape. Oh yeah, so it's yeah. just a brick. Oh, this is the white one we're talking about, the Volvo oh, wagon. The yeah, wagon. this is the. the it's yeah. Like a refrigerator on oh, wheels, <laughs> yeah. but it is amazing. We love it for sure. I definitely. I've only driven around a parking lot. I gotta drive it. Like you know, I drove it to you uh, lunch one time. It felt very undertired. Yeah, well, yeah, I was a like, little nervous. Little, yeah. I drove it to Carmel and. uh I missed two shifts, and now in Drew's eyes, I'm the worst driver ever. Yeah, yeah it makes sense. It was yeah, the easiest. It does. That's a fair Fucking assessment. Super tight uh, shift pattern. It is thing. a notchy little, little yep. box. Yeah. The notchiest I, I felt. <laughs> tight little box. Um, the notchiest I felt was a uh, senior Habas car, Eric's car, the 240. Oh, you dude, drove the, that? The dude, tramp, we should have no, a notch off. I think the, Marvin 69 could gee, win. The tramp, uh, dude, I kid you not, the gates are probably like half an inch like uh, apart. They're oh. so tight. It's really tricky. That's what they feel like right before they break. Yeah, because all the two forty Zs break their transmission. He has somehow. a different. It's a two forty SX transmission. Dude, two forty Zs don't have a very good uh, track record on our rally. What happened last time? Well, two have not made at home. Yeah, and both were transmission problems. The guys right? in the blue yeah. car, yeah, the clutch slave was not engaging. And then the the gray car didn't make at home because uh, the tranny. Yeah, maybe that was the slave actually. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, they had to get towed, or they rented a U-Haul in Santa Barbara and took it yep. home. And then the first year, our first rally, we had a 240Z on there. It was an orange one as well, like an early car. And the transmission, like the shift link has just totally went out. And he had to get towed home from a Paso. Paso. Yeah, so they just any two forty Zs, future CRRs, uh, beef up your linkages and your transmissions. Yep. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we we're, we're starting what, the podcast. Yeah, what the podcast Welcome is. to Driving While Awesome. My name is Warren. I'm Brian. I'm Forrest. Uh, Mark. And I'm Lane. This is a Sunday edition. Uh, yes. We're still, you know, reveling in the rally glow talk. of Coastal Range Rally. We have Forrest here. How you doing? I'm doing good. Nice. Um, how are you guys doing? Yeah, you're getting better. I got my voice back a little bit. So you said you were lost your voice after the rally? I literally lost my voice. We were talking a lot. Could not talk. Yeah. Yep. Did raffle, not have words. That raffle life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Drivers meetings. Huh? Yeah, I couldn't. I mean, I I couldn't talk at all uh, until today, and I'm still kind of like gravelly and stuff. Yeah, you don't sound great. Yeah. 
I'm getting worse the more I talk to you. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's pretty <laughs> professional cool. podcaster. I'll take that off your hands. Yeah. Um, where to begin? I really don't know. I don't know either. I don't know. So let's, let's ninety? See. Did we end up with ninety-five cars after all? Ninety-five-ish. No one knows. Ninety-five. Not just that, but we had people leave after day one, come yeah. on day two. Show up later. Show up. Let's say ninety-five cars. Um, uh, one hundred and thirty really? some odd people. Mm-hmm. And uh, the biggest surprise to me overall, I mean, we can go around the table, but um, ninety-five cars was did not feel like too many. No, mm. felt like a great amount. I know last year I was a little like worried about even R66 or whatever we had. I felt like it felt like too much last year mm-hmm. at 66, 68. And I was like, ah, I can't get any bigger. It's going to be lame. It's going to lose its charm. Um, this year we were kind of almost forced to take more cars on just because we've kind of grown this like group around us. And very, we want to, we want to be inclusive of, of a lot of people. And we still denied 50 or 60 cars. And I think Lynn said it best. It was, that was probably one of the hardest parts of organizing the rally. It was like the hardest part of my whole year, dude. Lynn said he cried on the Sunday after we picked the... Dude, I was really stressed out. Yeah. Mm. It's rough. Yeah, it sucks. My The one thing that really got me a little bit, I felt really kind of bummed out, is like you see people that got accepted and like it was already a hard ass process let's see someone gets in and then their friends comment like oh cool i saw you got in they totally rejected me it's, it's like, like ah. fun. yeah so like, dude. <laughs> yeah like um and then i talked to colin and he like would had his little crew and we had to deny oh the rest, yeah you know? so know, he, him dude. and his dad were kind of like flying solo oh, i totally forgot about that yeah i mean i don't even know if we thought about when we did it either it's just kind of like we were looking at like cars and a lot of times some of us were forgetting like what the, who the people were too. Um, I think that might be a good tip for future reference of people who may want to, if, if we do it again, if yeah. you want to come, just reiterate is who maybe like in the, why should we, you know, what about yeah, you yeah. and your car? Maybe say like how you are tied into the community yeah, because who you it, roll it's with. really tough for As us. As a positive side effect of being split off from your core group of friends like myself i kind of entered into this as an outsider my first coastal range rally and um it required of me to step outside of the comfort zone and meet new people and the acceptance and the camaraderie uh was far beyond what i could have expected i had low expectations and it was like going to somebody's house for Thanksgiving and you don't know what to expect. Yeah. And the food ends up awesome. Their mom loves you. <laughs> yeah. End of the night, they're like, you got to stay over. And, they have and a hot, love hot daughter, you know. Yeah. <laughs> All of that. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, yeah, um, the group, the people, you know, that's... Yeah, I, I mean, I, I was... I My my thing was like people first. So, of course, I, I was like... I, I was trying to like I didn't even care about the cars really in a in a lot of respects. It's like yeah, it kind of helps that everyone. More, like, oh, sorry, good. And I feel you know we've done all these halfies and stuff, and there's been tons of people who've gone with us and go to all of our cars and coffees and stuff, and we have these like rapport and vibe with them. Um, and I and you know they're good people, and you know like they're gonna like you know not only res- like they respect the whole thing that we put together, and they're not gonna like. They're going to kind of well, police other other people. So I think it's nice to have that certain percentage of people that you know will be mm-hmm. kind of like have your back. And then you bring in a certain, a small percentage of like newbies. And that kind of like, 
it just they transfer that vibe gets carried over to them and it makes it where it's a co- cohesive group um i know like for example like um there's jabron who was on the rally in his uh 9-11 sc we actually denied him <laughs> and um and i didn't even realize we denied him and then after cars and coffee like we went and had beers one day and all that stuff i had no idea we had denied him or anything and then i'm like looking over the list one day i'm like oh fuck that was we denied him you know like early on and here he is coming to cars and coffee and here he is coming to cars and coffee and like i Having went and had beers, drinks with him yeah. and stuff and and it's like we're talking about the rally and stuff and i just thought like i didn't i don't know i just thought he had never applied or anything and mean and then i'm like oh fuck didn't so i emailed him and, you know i'm All like right. oh shit and and uh <laughs> and he came on the rally and had fun and stuff mm-hmm. but um there was a lot of that kind of stuff yeah, yeah. but Absolutely. 95 cars and it yeah, so wasn't how, is, how does i don't that understand how it was so good it, it was wasn't like, even crowded on the road and- <clears throat> never crowded on the road i think we have these natural little groups um mm-hmm. kind of little little groups i was i was in a bunch of little tiny groups throughout the weekend it was never like the same group it was i think reiterating to to uh to pull over take pictures you know maybe that that helps coordinate those groups you know you kind of stick together um and uh i was getting interviewed by ronnie on the last day about kind of what he asked what the favorite section of road was for me and it really came down to who I was running with. It may not have mm-hmm. been the exact road, you know, the roads were all all fantastic and I do have my favorites, but it was more like the the road and the car that I was either following or with or yeah. you know, something like that that kind of made this memory, you know, and there's a few like cool, you know, For things sure. that happen along the way. So mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's uh it's really really cool. Dude, and the route was just really good like when I would describe, cause you know, like I'm telling people about what to expect on the next one. And it's like, you know, I'm like, this could actually be the mo- the best route on the entire rally is this stage. But it's like, I get into this conversation with myself, like out loud. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I can't even pick a favorite one. Cause this road's so good. And this road's so good. And it's like, it literally is like day one, day two, day three. Like there's roads on each of those days that you could easily pick as the best on the entire rally. Mm-hmm. It's super hard to decide. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just wanted to mention going back to uh, Lane's comment about like picking people. Like, I think I meant to say this a while back about our cars and coffee. Like, you know, there was the Trankus letter that was left on people's cars and shit. And like, we're kind of in a unique position where we're attracting a certain type of individual that and that is into certain types of cars. So by default, like, it's even less of a concern, right? It's like we're not attracting like the, you know, the people that we don't want to be around and be hanging out with. So like, we can just like focus on the people. And the reason I bring this up now is that um, that helps. Um, we do obviously have new people coming to us in the community and that's when we start looking at what they're driving and a little bit more about their story but as we go and expand you know coastal range rally and go into these new areas and i know warren and i talked about this a little bit is like that's gonna be interesting right because we don't know them we don't know what they're totally. about but but they're if we know that they're they know what we're about that also helps because oh, yeah. we're on the same think vibe you know it's also you know you're kind of nervous the first day of school mm-hmm. or starting a new job you're not really sure what the scene's gonna be yeah like. i think that's what forrest was talking about yeah um for so you went with your you and your co-driver 
What were you guys driving or what was... We came uh, down in Rick's uh, 2002. It's something that uh, I've been working on, on and off with him for the last couple years, um, among many other 2002s. But uh, this car uh, has some historic um, significance. It was sold as new um, locally and went immediately to uh, Alpina uh, dealer that installed the flares and did all of the period alpina suspension parts and uh hopped up carbed two liter motor etc i didn't know it was that legit yeah those flares were on there since 1972 wow wow it's why the car is not that beautiful um it's gorgeous but (laughs) that's why it is beautiful (laughs) but it it's perfect for this kind of rally setting and that's kind of the way rick has set it up it's gone through many iterations of different motors and suspensions and stuff and um he's more than happy to get rock chips in the thing the uh the windshield took on a couple good rock pits and uh it has the original uh triple a club member since 1972 sticker in the corner Uh, oh no shield oh no we're gonna try to we're gonna try to uh scrape it off and (laughs) stick it on a new one yeah uh that's rally life though let me just say really quick that i heard there's a new 3m product that's a clear bra for windshields it's supposed to be really really good it's not cheap But future rally goers, look into it. Interesting. Sponsored by 3M. <laughs> I yeah, wish. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Um, anyways, continue. So you you guys signed up for the rally. I yep. mean, and let me say too that Rick does like career Pan Americana and stuff, and he's got a little collection of cars. I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, he he has a, a history, and he's in his fifties, and has been racing cars ever since you know he was a kid, pretty much, and so. Um, it was a great uh and he owns a bmw shop and uh works on people's race cars has done the specky 30 uh stuff that's how you know him and uh but yes he's been to uh mexico for a few uh of the carrera panamericana races in both older american cars a 66 chevelle i think he did it in and then uh went down twice and did it in different uh 2002s and then did the chihuahua express uh in the specky 30 car and then uh his 2002 and then last year we set up another uh car that's an early 1600 um body but with a two liter motor and uh he got through the first part of the first day and mm. uh, got through a corner. Uh, didn't make it through a corner, I should say. Kind of hot, went in a ditch, and um, took a wheel and a rear uh, trailing arm out and was out of the race. So uh, we were going to do the Chihuahua again this year, and it didn't work out timing-wise. This was a consolation prize. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, nice. Yeah, well, I mean, he, he seemed to have a really good time, and uh, I actually connected with him. I guess we can plug him. North Bay Bavarian is his shop, yeah. right? Yeah. North Bay Bavarian is his Instagram account. Cool stuff. And I remember that's how I found out about your wide air dam because I saw it on that car because uh, you had done, you know, Google works. You make you make the air dams and uh, amongst other things. And um, you normally make the shorter air dams that fit the front balance BMW 2002. Like Ali's car. Like Ali's car. And I saw the wide one that goes up against the turbo flares. And I'm like, can you make me that for a standard car? And that's actually how we ended up connecting early on. Right. I mean, when we first started talking and uh, you ended up building that, which is now a new product but kind of funny how it all kind of connected yeah all roads lead to dwa that's right that's right that's what we say so how how much review of the rally should we do here i mean we could spend an hour 
telling stories and stuff, but, um, yeah. What well, one thing, I mean, it kind of ties back to what Brian said. I mean, I'd like to hear your feedback and I think we all have these little stories. It's kind of like when you're caught up in certain groups, you have the scenery, right? Like you're looking in front of you, you're looking behind you. And my favorite moment in the whole rally was driving behind the two vets, the two C3 Corvettes. And I was up, I caught up to them right before Fraser park. And like, it was like snow capped mountains all around dry road, luckily. Uh, and these beautiful C3 Corvettes and those lines, the car, th- those lines they're are insane. They're gorgeous. So I, mean, I was they're... telling Matt and I, Hushy Pushy, we're looking at it in the parking lot and uh, we'd had a few beers. So, you know, whatever. But this silver, <laughs> the silver C3 mm-hmm. killer rally wheels or what do they call those? I think yeah, right. the rally wheels. Mm-hmm. Um, big meat tires. Amazing design, right? Side Flares, exit exhaust. Side exit exhaust. If that's a Maserati, if that's the Maserati Stingray that never yeah, existed, yeah. we would be blown away. It'd be worth $3 million. It'd be the most awesome fucking car. But because we're sort of numb to it, mm. I was saying, imagine take that and go do a rally in Italy mm, or yeah. through the Alps and look at people's faces. Oh, It'd yeah. Amazing, right? For sure. Yeah, they'd be blown away. To you have it on our rally. We still are the minority of this country. And so there's 90 percenters. Love, look love at that them. car and go this is my childhood fantasy that's yeah. true that is that's true it, yeah. It, yeah and it's like for reason worthy too i mean it's a like a fiberglass body lightweight body on a basic uh you know american running gear where they could have stopped at any of the parts stores along the way yeah. and got any part for that car but then yeah i still have some trick stuff like pop-up headlights pop-up uh windshield wiper cowling that mm has this aerodynamic right right. uh tucks in yeah Yeah. and then you got of course fully independent suspension pretty early on for that car was really cool composite leaf yeah the composite leaf spring in the back um but it's so rad just like that shape and the rear taillights and like that scenery yeah and then i look behind me and i got ruben in the 964 and then like i got you know it's like just the juxtaposition of like looking behind me and i had ruben in the 964 and then jono in the 991 gt3 rs behind him uh and i think it was marcelo in the cayman gts behind him and then i got the vets in front it's just this whole scene of just like cruising it's like how rad is this to be out here like it's this doesn't normally happen right and it to like may never happen again right, right. i mean yeah, that, that makes... group of cars probably will never be together on that road and uh yeah so cool it's really really cool yeah um so for us your first coastal range rally and obviously you've done the racing kind of stuff but any highlights that you kind of keep going back to or um well, um, my voice is still sore from yelling over the loud <laughs> exhaust and then, uh, but, uh, slow car fast just keeps echoing through my head. And, uh, although Rick's car is very capable and we were, um, sticking really close to Ali through the whole thing. So they're both, you know, S 14 essentially, uh, cars, uh, but Rick's is carved with M 10 head. And uh, we'd come up on uh, Phil, is it, with the 356 cab? Yeah, Mm -hmm. Uh, and he's a great driver, but that still is a 356 cab with, I don't know, 175 section with tires, and uh, he could hustle the thing. And downhill momentum Hmm. that he was carrying through stuff was insane. I was like, at any minute, he's going to spin this thing. (laughs) And it was just hanging, looked um, really uh, comfortable and not out of sorts at all um so and that was great i was just loving watching the slower cars Mm. rip 
and uh, at a pace that um, is is unexpected. And yeah. it just happened over and over again. We were um, running with the other Skelton boys, uh, the 914 and mm-hmm. uh, the Sirocco, uh, Blaze. And uh, those guys were um, carrying pretty good speed uphill as well, um, but definitely making it look easy and comfortable. And um, I really like that. I mean, I know that we could get blown by and, you know, the Cayman GT4. Yeah. But um, I think that's less the point. It's yeah, just, it's, you see a ton of photos of these cars on Instagram. It's what we all do. Yeah. And I sit and take photos in my shop of cars statically. But we all got into this and love it because what they look like and do on the road, the feeling behind mm-hmm. the wheel and seeing another car behind you following close or entering into a corner that you're, you know, following behind their line. <coughs> um, that kind of reignited that flame for me. Yeah. Mm. And you get to do it over and over again for three days straight. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to just yeah. like get out there and do it until you're tired, basically. I mean, that's, I, that's I love like special. talking to these. I mean, I love talking to the people in the rally where, they maybe haven't really flogged their cars before, you know, like, you know, they've maybe driven some back roads and stuff, but they don't have like a crew. They go, you like, they don't, they haven't really pushed them to any kind of level. And not like we're like pushing them to 10 tenths or anything like that, but you know, they're kind of like realizing the capabilities of their cars and seeing like all these other cars out there. And like the guy in the, whatever some faster car gaining respect for a 356 mm-hmm. that's totally stock a cab or or you know gaining respect for uh 80 Scirocco or whatever it is you know you're just like oh shit that thing's rad and it actually kind of moves you know like um it's just cool to see that where you know everyone kind of bench races and you're like oh well that's a slow car that thing sucks it's like super slow and then you're like oh but that looks really fun out there so um yeah and in a way also something that stood out to me while i've been thinking about it over the past few days is like because i'll I'll try to think about how uh, you know like well what is the per it seems like a perfect chance to evaluate like what would be the perfect car to have out here for this event um but surprisingly i am completely blanking on that entire question because it's almost like the car doesn't even matter like it's rad and i really appreciate all the things that you have to say for us like i like seeing the cars in motion is what makes this all special Mm -hmm. but it's just like you're straight appreciating whatever that is and like it really but but as far as like (coughs) i have the feeling that nobody out there was wishing they were in another car everybody was just enjoying the experience of whatever car you're in uh doesn't really matter it's just you being on the road and you know as long as you have a car that's not that's in any way capable of getting around the turns you're having fun like it yeah. doesn't matter no and it like reestablishes your love for your car i think like yep. i was yeah. talking to eric with the green c3 corvette i think it's a 69 and that thing's pretty dope and it's like it's like a little bit i mean it's not really modified but it you know it has like good suspension and better bushings and he has a i think it came with a steel a steel rear uh, spring and he has a composite one on just like little upgrades like that and he has like some shitty bfg like tires and he's and he was talking to me he's like i'm always amazed like how much grip this thing has on these shitty you know these are not good tires and like and he's talking about how much fun it is and he's like kind of ecstatic about it but he's driven this thing on like 
several rallies, but I think every time he drives it, he's like, it reconfirms his like love for that car and stuff. Yeah. And then he's talking about how like, yeah, like the the steering is like fucking kind of funky, and you have to like you have to, there's a lot of play, and then you like tuck it, you dive it in, and he's like, I, he has a '69 911 as well. And then I think he daily drives like a newer 911 turbo now or something. So he's like, you know, getting into this thing after that, it takes me like 20 minutes where I'm like, oh shit, this thing kind of sucks. And then he's like, oh no, it doesn't. It's like it's rad, you know, reasons, like, yeah. so, uh, it's cool to like hear people talk about, about that kind of stuff. And then like, yeah. even myself driving the 944, like I haven't driven it a lot and it's been like six months or something whenever i fucking started that stupid bumper and all the all the stuff that's been going on the last year with that thing but um i feel like i like i i was missing the front end like i don't know where the front end is it might be totally fine actually i might just be so used to the gti at this point where like it's a brand new like really tight car with a really tight steering rack um and then getting in the 944 like an 80s car it still is and which is notorious for its good steering um you know back in the day it was like best handling car and all this yeah. stuff but it's still it feels like there's a it's a little like a little bit like i don't know where the front end is kind of numb yeah it might be like that's just the way the car is um i know it needs an alignment so that might set it up a little better <laughs> that helps a i can change <laughs> the yeah. i change kind of the control deal. arm without Did you doing reattach the, the front uh sway bar yes okay and i I, I but i put a new control arm on and didn't get it aligned mm. so it's a little off but um after like a few hours driving it i knew where the front end was at least and i could like kind of i had confidence to it, like yeah. it had grip and stuff predict the slop exactly mm. and it's and it's not sloppy by any means like if i got in a, the like 80 percent of the cars in the rally i'd be like oh shit this is sloppy you know <laughs> like I, I it's uh but then date i know like day two on the rally the little the roller coaster section um, I tried to stop cause I was behind some slower people and get a little bit of a run mm. and then, um, going on the fast section out to, uh, Soda Lake, we were doing, you know, some good speeds and stuff and passing some people and stuff. And I was like, I was like kind of re falling in love with the car. I'm like, dude, this is like the perfect car for the rally. It like, you know, it's neutral. It has enough power and the engine was like revving freely and just driving really well. And it just it uh definitely reconfirmed my my love for that car uh so you mentioned grip um you got you got new michelin pilot dude they're killer the, the P they never oh, you got the exalto et uh, whatever, whatever they the are they yeah. never uh they never had a like they never took a wrong foot they never squealed hmm. you know they just gripped and uh I, you know, I could, I could induce a little oversteer here and there, but the front end had tons of grip and it just felt really neutral. And How do they compare really to good. the ones that you had on there? The... They felt way better than the Firestones. Oh, really? Nice. Like they felt predictable, mm. which is what the Firestones never felt. Mm. Firestones felt like I didn't know where the limit was. Like you would hit the limit. You'd be like, oh shit. Okay. Tail, you know, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. These, I could feel it. I could just like, you could be in a turn and I could kind of like steer a little bit and get the rear, you know, kind of play it's with it a lot. Yeah. It was just, yeah, really nice. So yeah. stoked on them. Dude, the, the PS forces that I got on the MQ, yeah. like I, they're very similar in grip to a pilot super sport or the Conti's that were on there, maybe a little bit grippier. <laughs> it's like pretty, pretty marginal. Yeah. Um, but the one thing that blew me away was the way that they ride. I, I just don't understand how like no, these rides dude, so well too. And yeah. the, the Firestones actually had a choppy ride. Yeah. 
they were kind of harsh dude the same thing and it was rad because i just pre-run it with with um with brian we pre-ran that route oh, on the, the different MK, tires on the contis and you know you drove them they have good grip they're pretty nice they're predictable they're all that but like going from those to the ps4s was like i feel i felt like i got smooth like softer suspension or something it was really weird like I, I couldn't believe it. Like, it, I just kept describing it as, like, buttery. Like, it feels really buttery. Like, I would go over, like, really gnarly, bumpy sections. And, it, like, for sure, I thought it was going to be bone jarring. And it just absorbed. Like, somehow, the way that it dissipates the shock through the, the carcass. Sidewall carcass. Yeah, so rad. Crazy. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, and the weird thing is that the sidewall feels, like firmer the way that it turns in it's way sharper they can control now, the flex yeah. vertically versus horizontally so when you load the thing isn't oh, just yeah, yeah, yeah. step out right. with the weight of the car yeah, but it has but compliance compress, yeah uh, as a suspension bush exactly yeah. exactly it's, it's all the way they weave weave the sidewall inner uh composite like the carcass itself right yeah. yeah that makes sense i mean that's what it feels like and I, it's just it blew me away um really really awesome tires they also look really sexy i took a lot of photos of my tires probably more than anything speaking of tires <laughs> sidewall is your friend for yep. the coastal yep. rally i can't yep. say it enough. i know yeah <laughs> what, what were you guys <laughs> we were really happy with a 13 inch wheel and a taller tire 50 series tire um toyo uh, ra1s um but just you know, the 2002 chassis, a lot of people go up to a 15 and it works and it's good for high speed, but, um, you know, you're just better changing, uh, transmission and rear differential ratio to get up to speed rather than going to a larger aspect ratio wheel tire mm, yeah. because the sidewall helped a lot for mm. all of that bumpy mm -hmm. off-road stuff and just you know a few of those where we went over oh it's gravel oh no it's a big pothole bang and it was oh it soaked it up pretty good yeah so, yeah it's right. just that's just life out there yeah and yeah. it's fun to be able to mob over that stuff totally it's, you don't want to make the sacrifice where oh no i'll just pick my roads just, and not drive that pucker up and yeah. oh is, am i gonna crack my wheel on this pothole or <laughs> Yeah, I think yeah. Eric Eric Horton was driving the Lotus Elise, and oh, uh, he was like kind of hating life. Our triple eights and the harshest. And that, that harsh, that, yeah, yeah. He said it was pretty painful. <laughs> what's what's your sidewall, uh, Horton? Uh, they're two twenty five, uh, 60. 60. So you're yeah. chilling. Yeah, you're just floating through all. I just, no, you're you've got a perfect setup. I for the hammered rough stuff. it as hard as I could, harder than any rally mm -hmm. this this time around, and um, I was thankful to have that and a skid plate yeah. oh a skid plate super key for yeah your car. because my car, yeah, yeah. Yeah. my car is yeah my car is were you banging i hit a couple times but one one banging. thing i hit really hard and i thought it was a rock but it was a pine cone and uh when i hit i went like you know where you like close your eyes you're like, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> oh right under like yeah a, and then it, in my rear view cute, i saw it kind of like bounce off I'm like, oh, that, that wasn't that wasn't uh, i had a rock hit my floorboard and i could have sworn there was like a rock on my feet oh really yeah, yeah at one point and that's like a it. double layer of like metal right, right. there so. i did get a couple more rattles in the car like especially some of the dirt sections my dash was just shaking like violently and uh yeah. um I my cooked, exhaust came I, loose of the header and cooked it sounds my, like shit i cooked my brakes they were squealing a little bit and then uh, i lost one of my brake ducts on the front that holds the ambient temp sensor so mm. the temp sensor is just dangling and the duct is gone so. somewhere yeah um and, and i lost your my rally med, your my med, med flap. flap yeah i had to go oh, binder yeah. clip that was that was my most uh dramatic extensive fix. repair on the whole rally was binder clip the mud flap <laughs> so i'm very Total thankful win. and the e30 really didn't miss a beat um it did consume like half a quart of oil but 
That's not a lot. No. That's nothing. A thousand at all, miles. And you were saying I was smoking a little bit on D cell. It was yeah. Yeah. So for how many black times smoke. that the ZR1 was jacked up, had the hood open, had the back open, had the people under over on. What was the extent? Dude, of it was actually and... it was actually fine. So the alternator went out two miles before the start. We swapped that before anybody got going. And brand new alternator. Little to story. Know. Yeah, brand new. But everybody knows the remanufactured alternator. Yeah. It's like a crapshoot anyway. So uh, not in my favor. I So they, they didn't have any Corvette parts um, nearby. But Forrest, the other Forrest, uh, was like, no, I've, I've messed with these before. It's just a re- standard GM alternator. The only thing that's different on the front is the, the pulley. So uh, I just called up, got an 85 Chevy pickup alternator and we swapped the pulleys made that fit and you know more or less it was working it was overcharging better than undercharging um but yeah i know so i had the hood up a lot everybody was actually worried they're like oh you dude know. every stop <laughs> so here's every the time i saw your car it was up on jack so i'll tell you this so the, on a on a, on a uh, skateboard <laughs> so the the other thing the other problem that i've been fighting for a super long time is that right. uh yeah if it's hot it won't start um Mm. and so you know like that's semi-related to this charging stuff too so it was like kind of like an investigation with the alternator stuff but um i you know there's there's a workaround it's basically leave it running if you're not going to leave it for a while 914 Uh, life (laughs) yeah or um you know just if you're parked you just got to leave it for an hour and then it'll start after that so wait when we push started you at the gas station was that to relieve the gas the hot start issue or because you were having a starter problem well i think it's the same thing okay it's like so vapor lock or what's that so i get so, it. yeah it's like uh it's uh, what i think it is is the wiring for the starter there it's frayed and you know in a few different places <laughs> i i wrapped it up <laughs> to, do it. but i think there's actually literally like there's just not enough wire there you know mm. i have photos i can show you um but <laughs> there are photos you know i was checking like grounds and stuff but the the point is like you know i was able to work around it for the most part i just felt like i was going to be very lucky if the corvette finished the whole rally and i and there's enough wrong with it that i thought if i wasn't constantly investigating something if i got complacent at all the the mechanic gods would punish me <laughs> and would break something serious so like you know i was running this thing up the engine temperature was insanely high like breaking new rec- personal best why was personal it so, why does it run so hot i think it, it might just be corvette life it and may you, be a wrong sensor were you trying to break it the way you were driving no i was just trying <laughs> to have fun driving but you were thinking like i'm gonna break this thing the way you I mean, that's the way, you know, it's uh, sh- shake, shakedown miles, man. Like, you know, I, I just drive it. Brian's it only breaks, got I need to fix one something. volume. It's only 11. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll tell you. So talking about scraping, like uh, up one of the hills to lunch on that, on uh, the, yes. yeah. Um, I was like straight up bottoming out on the subframe. Oh, wow. But I know that the oil pan is above the subframe. So it's like, whatever, it's fine. Is it's your suspension big... pretty bad or? 
Well, there's like, you know, when you're hooking the no, tires around the inside. Hotchkiss, all <laughs> brand new bushings dialed. When you're, when you're hooking the tire on the inside, you like drop down, you know? So it's just like uh, to hit the right spot. You're just like 50-50 grinding. That's oh. what you're well, doing. Well, no, there's, like, a, there's, <laughs> a, there's, a, <laughs> dude, there's a lot of turns where it's like, you know, yeah. pretty aggressive dips, like right in the middle yeah. of the turn. I never scraped once. It's yeah, So it's like a little handy to have a car that you really don't care that much about. And you can yeah. just like, you know, so throw back it around. To the temps, is this oil temps again? Or is oil this coolant? Okay, yeah, so coolant was totally fine the entire time. So that I think that's pretty common though. If you looked it up on the, yeah, on those Corvettes, right? So I'll, so is there an external oil cooler you can get or something? Um, I didn't have enough time really to get all that stuff set. Mm -hmm. So I mean, a lot of people don't even recommend it, but I think it's yeah. just because just a lot of Corvette drivers don't really push they don't it and shit. don't yeah, they don't do drive, track right? days yeah. and stuff. I think they mostly just cruise. Um, I really want to add a, an external oil yeah. cooler, but it, it's kind of just like, let's fix the bare minimum to get me by. Um, <laughs> so I did a, looking into it a little bit, Corvette, <laughs> Corvettes run hot. Um, and it's just that a matter of like how hot small that is. frontal area. So, uh, what, what are your record or best here? What so what I told myself before the rally was as long as I don't get over, uh, 280, Holy which moly. is when typical oil starts to break down yeah. and lose its effectiveness 298 Holy balls it's like a bad vegas story where you're like once i'm down a thousand i'm walking yeah. away oh, where's the atm where's the atm just keep going I'm just surprised those fucking pistons that infuse in there holy so, shit i dude i don't know it so like, could be that... a, it could be that the gauge is wrong like i don't have a good test for that because my atm receipts wrong <laughs> my, I mean, that's my like question though much, so dude. you said i'm only gonna go to 290 298 I said 280. or 280 and then at that point do you go like oh i better like cool it yeah, well, I would try. I would do techniques where I'd be like, you know, like I would techniques. Go, I, I would go, you know, I would be like before a section that I knew was going to be fun. I would take it easy. Yeah. So even if I'm following somebody who's like kind of like, you know, I just pull back and I just try to cool that motor down. Um, and then, you know, I would take little breaks like while I'm climbing a hill or whatever uh, and then get back on it. But I mean, the thing is, you don't want to run from what I've the little bit that I've learned, it's like, you know, the oil that that's just the point when the oil starts breaking down. So there's so a, don't run it for too long at that temperature. Do you have Unfortunately, a, I was running it for like over five minutes at those temperatures. So you have like a bad, real oil temp gauge in that car. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Like, ac accurate. Like yeah. Digital yeah. Gauge. maybe it's bad. <laughs> maybe it's bad. <laughs> well, dude, I mean, that's like a, Do you really, have a water really temp gauge. I mean, how so is the water? Temp? Here's the other way you tell if it's if it's really hot. It starts running shitty and clacking, yeah. and you're burning like uh, yeah, was it doing that? Burning bearings and everything. It fucking runs fine, right? Do you have a water temp gauge? Yeah. Where was the water temp at? Totally fine. It was like, like 220. Half? It like didn't even get up. Like, huh. you know, I've had a 240 or two 230 I've had before on the mm. water temp, which is a bit scary. The fan doesn't even come on. Isn't it 180 usually time. like half? Yeah, 180s. Where, like kind of where you want to be, right? So I was actually running it around yeah. like 190 for almost the entire rally. It was super cold out too. So yeah. I think that has an My effect. car never got above like below half. Dude, like the fan doesn't even turn on until like 225 or something. Wow. Which is kind of ridiculous. It yeah. seems like it should flip on earlier than it that. It seems like it would. But anyways, 
it, so fresh, fresh, brand new oil, you know, started day one, basically. Uh, you know, you pull it up, you almost can't even see it on the stick. End of day one, it's like fucking black. <laughs> like, basically, <laughs> so maybe, maybe the I, gauge is wrong. What I should have done is change the oil every day, really. <laughs> Dude, so you know what we need to do? Blackstone Labs, both of us. Uh, that would we'll be send interesting. A sample. Because yeah. I want to do the same, because I got a lot of flack for putting 530 in my M Coupe and the S52. Yeah, but it's recommended and by I know, BMW. I just want to prove the, the naysayers wrong. And then yeah. on top of that, I did get into height. Like, uh, like mine normally or... runs like, like straight up and down, which is about 230 ish like that's the norm for this engine and i got it up to 260 multiple times oh so wow. i want to see right, there we go, yeah right? i'm curious i want to see Damn, like dude. what what it ha what happened to it right like if it's yeah. fine or if i if i was damaging dude, shit i was so know. stoked my car was running so cool i've that i put that external oil cooler on nice and it's just like and it was just it was yeah, I'm I, an, I really you know yeah. it, assuming i keep that thing i, I want to do that and i would be like at five just you know five to 62 for like so long mm -hmm. dude i mean that so I'll tell about the Corvette. So prior to the rally, I was kind of bummed on it. It's like, you know, how many things am I going to have to fix to get this thing ready? Uh, the the ap uh, After day one. Kind of bummed. <laughs> Not that bummed. Well, though. dude, I put those tires on and that's like raises my excitement level like crazy, looks, right? It looks good. It looks badass. It does look good. Yeah, so 30, I think kind of bummed is accurate, <laughs> yeah. right? If yeah. you squint and you kind of look away. Yeah, 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 and, yeah, exactly. and you drew your head really fast. <laughs> you know, I, I had the fucking, I, I broke the gas pedal. Like that's about oh, right. Yeah, like, I, you know, the week before the rally, I'm test driving it without a fucking gas pedal. I'm surprised all the shit that's NLA for that car. Right? Yeah, I mean it's a Corvette. That's a right? mass market. Like, dude, they didn't expect one to be still going. But that's crazy. <laughs> like he said, uh, rear. You said rear sway bar bushings they don't yeah. make or something. Like I could or sway bar brackets. Yeah, and links. Crazy, dude. Yeah. yeah, and the throttle pedal no longer. Yeah, available. they don't make that throttle pedal thing. Yeah. They and they they only sell it as a whole kit. The part number is a whole kit, the pedal and the hinge and everything. I just kind of nice the hinge. that that broke before the rally. Absolutely. Oh, like man. if I wouldn't have done that donut over there, it, I would have fucking <laughs> broken on the rally and that would have been a total. It's uh, you know, that's a total bummer. Like it completely affects all the driving. Like it would literally flop over and I would have to fish it with my left foot <laughs> to get it in the right spot. And you can't see anything because of the way the. So, chassis design. You know? I like that you have a good way to test this. So just do donuts in your car and see what breaks. And then every, if 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 all is well there, you're good. Right? I shake feel down, like shakedown donuts. Shake I feel yeah, like Warren laughs when he says shakedown miles, but I mean it's real shit, no, right? Like break it, break it fast. And I know, absolutely, I'm glad that happened before. You know, right? And uh, I'm not sure you would have found out unless you were doing donuts. Yeah. So going back to that, I mean, I, I guess kind of tying it into Lane's uh, commentary, like. You know, I feel the same way that Lane did. Like, I feel like I totally fell in love with my M Coupe. Like, you know, I had driven it and stuff and had a good time in it. But like this time, I really got to understand the car a lot better and like, you know, progressively built up, you know, the speed and all that and the limits. And like, I feel super connected to the thing. I really love it. Like, how do you feel about it after like going through the, the drive? Yeah. So that's I mean, that's exactly what I was going into was before bummed on it after day one. Um I was like a little indifferent. I was a little, I was bummed on the engine temperature thing. And like really what I like in this types of roads that we're driving is I just want to ring a ring an engine out and not worry about it. I want to be at high RPMs the whole time and, you know, have it be ready for that. Like that's what you prepare a car to do just for those times. So you can climb that hill. Yeah, You don't want to worry about it. You don't want to worry about it. Like the M3, like I didn't have to worry about it. And it was super fun doing those same roads. Uh, so I was, you know, we get to lunch and I'm kind of bummed. Like, you know, it was fun to drive, but I just didn't want to worry about revving it a lot. Uh, and then end of day two, 
completely changed. I was like super in love with the car. Like, you know, I just started feeling a little more comfortable with the engine temperature range and just basically shutting the gauge off. Like whatever, like <laughs> yo, out of yo, sight, out of mind. Yo, yeah. Yo, like there is conveniently an off setting for all those uh, gauge readouts. Um, and it's like, you know, if it starts clacking and I start losing power, like, so be it, you know, it's kind of yeah. expected. That's the, that's yeah. the baseline. Um, yeah. so get, have fun while I can. Once I started to forget about that and just drive it and some of the, you know, like you're saying, Warren, like it's who you're with and, uh, the sections of road and what you're seeing, like the way that thing handled on the road and the, the you know, the way it, it could good. go around the turns, like it was super good. You like me a muscle car guy too. I kind of do. Yeah, you do. <laughs> so that thing is super funny. It's like a big, I've said it before, but even more so now, just a big Miata. It mm. absolutely is a momentum car. It's not like I'm running with the muscle car guys that have a ton of horsepower and um, they can pull out of turns really well. And they handle surprisingly well for those old ass cars. Uh, but my car, it's like 230 horsepower or something, um, about the same torque, uh, which isn't a lot, you know, for a 3,300 car. Like or 280 30. torque or something. Uh, or it's I don't, like I don't think more. it's that much. I, I don't, I'm, I'm not totally certain on the facts, but it's not, I'm not in like the 300 range. And it's, okay. a, it's you know, the car weighs over 3,000 pounds. Um, but. You throw it into it, like with those giant Michelin tires, you could throw it into any turn. You so just it's muscle like, it in, right? You muscle it in. And one other one of the things that I did not do, which I questioned uh, beforehand, was a full brake job with slightly aggressive pads yeah. because it is shuddering under heavy braking. Yeah, uh, it's disconcerting. It didn't even bug me, really, because mm. with these giant tires, like I would throw it into the turns and, you know, it's just like, basically, I can throw it in at any speed almost and it'll <laughs> stick because they're so big. Uh, but, and then also it's like, that's doing the braking for you too, in a way. And so I didn't have to use the brakes as much as it wasn't as big a factor as I thought, but you could, yeah, you just, you know, you get that, you get the pull of that V8 when you're at the higher RPMs and carry the speed through the turn. And, you know, when you have an opportunity to do donuts, you can do not mistake this for tires. Uh, and you don't need to do brakes kids, right? Mm, do that's the a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, tires yeah. are not a substitute <laughs> Thank you for brakes and also brake fluid flushes. Yeah, I did do a brake fluid flush, which right, I, I definitely, uh, that was, boiling that was a good temperatures call. And, and, and I did the, uh, I did the, uh, flexible hose, the brake hoses too, at the Smart. end kind of oil you use. AT super blue. No, what it's kind not, of uh, engine oil did you use? Because you were gonna change uh, like a thicker oil. Yeah, uh, twenty fifty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like a castor oil or something. No, it was uh, what's what's the brand name? I forget the brand name now. Hmm. But it was like they, it actually know? had zinc in it and shit. Hmm. Like you were talking. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. I'm surprised um, it still got that hot with twenty fifty in there. It's crazy. Well, I think another factor is just that day one I burn it up, you know. Oh, you were low, and then all of a sudden, no. Well, no, I, you know, I was adding some, but I the just, oil was less oh, effective. Toast, just right, like toast, you know, yeah. you toast it, and that's yeah, that's gonna get hotter. So yeah. if I would have changed the oil on the first day, maybe it would have been better. Sounds like it just. Yeah, it needs some kind of oil I, cooler. It just needs and, an external cooler, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. I, I think that would do it. Dude, Mad Max, dude, like in front difference. of the bumper, like with the lines hanging Bo out. Yeah, like that. Yeah, then Replace that headlight with an oil cooler. But, dude, overall, I mean, I honestly, though, the you talk about the tires art, and that, for my car, that was a huge change. Putting the big Michelins on, just like, 
I mean, it made it made all the difference in the handling. Yeah, it's still those donuts I I saw. Yeah, but it's not a. You you have a very limited window. Once those things heat up, <laughs> it, it completely awesome. changes everything. Mm. You know, like so you can whip it a few times, but then they're hot, and all of a sudden, you don't all the dynamics enough. change. So you can still do it, but you have to relearn it. You know. Uh, and then if you want to do a burnout at a stop sign, uh, as the car is prone to do, it'll, it'll, it's super interesting. Like, you know, before with my older tires, it'll just do whatever and get crazy and slide and everything with these Michelins. It's like, no matter what you do, what RPM you drop it at, how tight the turn is, it'll spin like a few rotations. It feels like, and then it just hooks up, but very progressively, like you can feel all of it. It's all like very controllable, Hmm. but, um, yeah, like you would need more horsepower to break those things loose. I had a lot of fun. I'm really surprised and stoked that it made it the whole time. Oh yeah. How was the interior that environment? You're keeping yeah, that? So, so <laughs> forest almost like threw up over. You know, I'm I'm bouncing around I don't these talk roads. About it. It's a super stiff car too. Um and so like these rough sections like I don't have a I have a decent sidewall but not a lot. Uh, my dashboard would be flying off. Like I'd be going around these things. You, any any tricky maneuver you pull, and you got to push the dashboard back on. But and it's you, nice and clean in there. And like, dude, you don't even have okay. a da- you have, don't even have a dash pad or door panels. I have a dash pad. Ronnie was telling me about all the shit you had dude. in your car, and you had a full size jack. Like, where'd you keep that then? The passenger footwell, because I didn't have. And a it wasn't moving around like crazy. It's a pretty small footwell. It fit very well, actually. <laughs> Good weight distribution, too. When you yeah, put yeah. enough stuff in Ballast there, it all holds yeah. itself together. So this was a really funny moment, actually. We, so we pulled over, and we were doing, like, a, you know, just uh, buying donuts. And uh, I thought, well, I'll stick a GoPro on the inside because I got a plastic roof. So I can actually stick it to something that would be kind of a cool view. And I'm, like, thinking, you know, I'll just get the steering wheel and the, the shifter and all that. So we would review the footage later and we were fucking busting up in tears because you've like it like I've got a jacket on with a hooded sweatshirt underneath and the hood I saw on that video. and sunglasses. Yeah. And all you see, there's no door panels, the dash is falling off, I've got shit everywhere in the passenger seat, and it's and then you know, like I start flipping around and my my hands are flying. I'm like looking left and right, like it straight up looks like a bum stole my Corvette and it's like running from the cops or something and it is just fucking hilarious and and it's like a big moment in my life because i'm like you know i thought i was just taking a normal video of like fun driving and i look at it and it's like dude who is this <laughs> that's bum your lifestyle it's like i am the bum yeah it's yeah. pretty heavy to look in the mirror sometimes <laughs> yeah, forest it is um but we had man. fun i was wondering if uh forest had you driven a lot of those roads from the rally were you familiar with all that stuff i have absolutely driven none of those roads so it was was all new to me i was also driving it in someone else's car uh, with with him in the passenger seat we traded off half days yeah that's what i was gonna ask you got a lot of seat time yeah yeah, i got quite a bit of seat time cool um the second day i was pretty tired and i did the last half of the day so much of that was just like get survived to point b (laughs) yeah um but uh yeah i grew up up on the mendocino coast and have driven a lot of sonoma county roads near where i'm at so uh yeah it was all new and so i was kind of working with the dynamic of if there was a 
car that we were following, you know, figuring out what they were doing to kind of learn a line. And then a few times I was um, out in front leading and just kind of going back to the instinct of how far ahead can I see? Can I see some markers of, you know, trees and hillsides and stuff and kind of assume where the corners are coming and again, drive within my comfort level with it. Yeah, drive what you see. Yeah. That's pretty nerve break constantly. That's pretty nerve wracking when you're leading the group and you don't know the road with the elevation changes and uh, then everyone has the benefit of seeing where your roof is going yeah totally and then the person behind you can like kind of you know ride your ass a little bit because they're cheating they're just following so yeah there was Um, uh, some sections where uh, Jason Camisa in uh, his uh, the 190E uh, Cosworth he was leading and his roof would just drop really quick over (laughs) some of those rises and I was just going god I'm glad that I'm not out in front oh and, yeah uh, and we you know had a few moments that's like day one after lunch probably exactly yeah. <laughs> uh, a few moments where it was like wow this road is definitely if you were overconfident and didn't know it uh, you could find yourself in trouble yeah you definitely yeah. find yourself in a field or a vineyard like almost all the roads are like that yeah really. dude I had this one on uh, day two after uh, our, our Soda yeah. Lake stop um, there's a really nice section canyon going down and I had a uh, Garrett in the, in his wife's like t- GLI behind me. And then I had those mad men and the firebird yeah. behind him Yeah, and I'm leading oh, and I was God. just like, oh fuck, dude, I got to lead dude. And it was like, <laughs> it was one of those things. And I was like bummed on my car at that point. Cause For the, sure. well, cause the exhaust was also oh, sounded yeah. like shit. I didn't want to rev it out and I, I was just kind of like bummed on it, but I also wanted to keep an all right pace. Um, but it was, it was actually a fun section. It was fun. I mean, I, I didn't go as, you know, but it was fun to have those guys behind me, but I see that Camaro and it's all like, I mean, that guy drives a shit out of thing, but it's a little bit of a sloppy mess out there compared, <laughs> you know, like my car, the line's like super tight and I'm just staying in my lane and stuff. And, um, you know, behind he's me, they're like, going straight down they're the like going all over the place. <laughs> yeah. he's and a firebird. Like, he's just and like, that, yeah. G, that GLI can just pull me on every straight and then I'll like, you know, I'll go around yeah. the turns quicker and yeah. stuff like that. But oh, and one quick note to the, uh, having never driven those roads, um, for people that weren't there on the rally, yeah. I was blown away at the lack of oncoming traffic yeah. and other, like what we ended up calling civilian vehicles, mm. um, you know, commuters <laughs> and locals. Uh, they were just, it was the ghost town. Most of it was like, we'd be going through a section that was super fun and it seemed to go on for miles and miles. And not that I want to blow it out, but, um, I hadn't driven anything that was that fun and also developed well. It's not like a complete desolate dirt road out in the yeah. middle. No, or nice like, roads. Yeah, like nice pock, roads. Pockmarked like B road that doesn't ever get an attention or anything. Yeah, like, where nice. there's there's just it was like fantasy land where I'm going. This isn't possible. Right, we wouldn't get on yeah. traffic through this. Or and, you're stuck behind a, a semi truck or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a couple of those roads, and you're like, how? did the state afford to pave this road right and, and what, like and maintain it and there's literally no one on it 
no it's houses like it's made for us to rally on the know, roller man. coaster section that we all were yes. talking about i'm sure that the guys that engineered that were in on the deal because <laughs> yeah, there's I no know. reason that it needed had that kind be. of camber change i know it had to be yeah yeah, yeah, dude. yeah. no <laughs> center Toads. line yeah and yeah. the uh road to lunch the day day one the dirt if you go to the dirt section i mean that road is just like why how like how like the it's rough yeah rough portions of it but, but it's real. it's dude, pretty it's nice like, dude. i know it's so high in my book that, that is, is like that's kind of like my all-time I think mm. that's my favorite. I mean, that was that was yeah. worth raising my engine temperatures. I know what it is. For I'm art. just like whatever. Which one? Into Taft. Yeah, that's so good. It's I mean, it's amazing. And that, that, yeah, that right goes there. on forever. That it's is like oh yeah, you know Taft's good. And, and answer your question. That I was think the section that, I was talking about. Yeah, I think that's oil money, right? Because you got all that like it's all yeah, oil money. They yeah. have to keep those roads in check. Totally. Uh, but yeah, the other side too, like the Castaic stuff is pretty awesome too. But but yeah, really well, awesome. But after Soda Lake is is for me my favorite. Yeah, after um, lunch, uh, roller coaster section. I don't know if you remember it, but another section where there was great elevation change, no center line. Um, I don't want to say the yeah. road, but yeah, uh, yeah, 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 fantastic, yeah, totally, yeah, yeah. yeah as a matter, and also the non-dirt section, the other one, the alternate route, that's really good too. You also have some really good bank oh, yeah, yeah. and it's it's really good. The transitions are epic. Um, yeah. I didn't get a report on the condition of that road uh, since. It was really good. Okay. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was less gravelly than last year. Good. Yeah, less. Gravelly. So I know our big fear was uh, day two, yeah. climbing over this pass like five, six thousand feet 6, up, six thousand, and uh, you know temperatures at night and early morning in 16, the teens, sixteen 18. degrees, and uh, snowed two days before. I think uh, didn't snow as much as we thought it would. Like luckily. But uh, the road was perfect. It was yeah. amazing, and the temperatures were good. Yeah, I, I was still a little scared and like really? going slow. A couple there, dark yeah. spots that yep. looked like yeah. they were had yeah. never seen the sun all day. I think yeah. if you were just really aware of it, it wasn't so bad. But yeah. I can see yeah. if we didn't, if we said, "Yeah, just go," it's going to be great, and people mm. were not ready for it, then it would have been a challenge. Yeah, I. I... I, I almost cried. I was so happy. Like it was, I, I remember I meeting up with you after lunch and we're like, dude, like I can't believe uh, Like I literally was kept up at night because of that section. Oh, like I, I told no. Brian, I'm like, dude, I'm so concerned. Like we were watching the weather like crazy and you know, that's a, it's, it's a pretty gnarly road, right? I mean, you, you have, it's, it's beautiful and it's really fun, but it's the 6,000 feet that does it's it. 6,000 feet and it's unprotected on the right hand side. And if yeah, you, make, yeah. if Someone you hit black ice today was asking me about the trip and he, he's a delivery driver for work. And, um, he's not really into cars all that much and asking what we were doing. And his question was, so the roads, um, were there guardrails on the road? <laughs> that's uh, a, that's what's a guardrail? <laughs> I'm like, question, yeah. no, there's not yeah, a guardrail. single one. <laughs> yeah, not really. It was, I mean, maybe uh, once in a while, but uh, nope, no guardrails. That so. was so epic, though, to see that. And I mean, I was leading freaking Ruben and 991 GT3 RS behind God, me. So nerve uh, like, I'm ass. just like... Um, you know, I was going at a quick clip, but like at the same time, every single shaded area, I was yeah. like, is it going to hook up? Is it going to hook I up? Know, and like, luckily enough, people had traveled ahead of us that I felt like enough confidence. Yeah. I was just more concerned about the snow or seeing white on the road. And there sure. was none up until, you know, a little couple of patches at the top, but you were aware of it. I and it was in my, town. My biggest concern was melting snow across the road and then that refreezing. Freezing. Absolutely. And I was scared about the, we never the, really saw that. the under the tree sections yeah. that yeah. never get yeah. heat and turn into straight up ice, you know, because yeah. worn. And I saw that last year when we took that road. Oh, it was, it was, it was sketch. I mean, um, and last year when Warren and I took that road, there was huge like boulders in the middle of the road that we were yep. having to swerve around. Oh, yeah. So because you know the storms last year were just so crazy. Um, 
but yeah, yeah this same. year the, the road is pretty well groomed and yeah pretty good um it was impassable last year that's why we didn't do it right totally yeah, it was passable in my gti with all seasons and you were but, sloshing around oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we were gonna turn around like yeah. five times yeah so. i was like yeah how did lunch work out because we skipped it we we ended up fixing it marvin's car it's totally fine. everyone did it yeah i went to a mexican restaurant there was probably like there's a couple groups and we had a whole room actually in the back yeah, with nice. like 25 of us yeah, and yeah. there's cool. people in another room and like, yeah i had dinner or lunch with paul and then uh your brother's lane mm-hmm. and uh, we had a great great time did you make some food we split off and uh chanced it with a whole another group at the chinese food place oh, and everyone had good uh had a good experience. Oh, good. Dude, there. yeah, we were, Brian and I basically just looked in there. We're like, all right, there's enough seating. Looks fine. <laughs> we just walked yeah. away. We didn't order anything. They had a sign out there that said they served goat milk. Oh, yeah, so I saw that. That's cool. Damn. Damn. That's a NorCal thing. Too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we kind of met up at that the truck stop after lunch. And uh, I don't know if everyone met up after lunch, but um, that was fun, too, because we had another, once again, the... And maybe people are listening that didn't go on the rally. The the rally turns into a rolling car show and kind of like a Radwood cars and coffee. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And so every time you get to stop and hang out with these people, you may have not seen their car yet. So like the Europa was there. Yeah. We were doing a live video and, you know, getting in and out of it and uh, just i don't know it's just super fun to have these especially organic... seeing them all dirty too yeah. it's like you're not just looking at a car at a car show you can ask them about how the last drive went <laughs> and get like awesome oh, info totally. how's about your like, car running yeah. like what's the deal right. like, are you having a good time all that stuff yeah like i think chris kind of fell in love with the europa you know oh really like honestly where he was like oh fuck at first you know yeah. and alex liked it a lot you know that's so cool. Cool. he fits well in it that's what he's like what yeah. five seven i, I got mean, in that thing it was you did <laughs> oh my god i could barely get how did you it, get so. into that I, I i got in and out fine it was just like i, I don't I see tool? myself driving it like your knees the knee my knee to Smashed. to hand it's mm. kind of i mean it's like driving an old mustang really or something like a six, no, 60s mustang dude no worse the seating position yeah. is so but it's crazy. pretty close yeah. with like the way your knee and your, your between right, the relation the of the wheel yeah. your knee and the shifter you don't have room for all three <laughs> and that's the way driving like i remember driving ryan rittenhouse's old boss 302 was like that yeah it was like i'd have to like move my leg to 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 turn the wheel and stuff and that's the way this thing <laughs> felt um it's pretty tight it's yeah. very tight. oh dude it, it was like we were saying it was like a german dentist chair because the yeah. thing is is pushed down unreclinable or fixed right. they're like yeah. 914 seats they're that one piece fiberglass seat yeah mm. but even the, more um, curved but it's like a 914 but a 914 has twice as much room inside yeah it's yeah. like actually way better because you have no con- and the big consoles missing and all yeah, I, I don't think i could drive it so then after i got out of it and i had to roll like on the ground <laughs> to get out and then we had uh kyron get in who was oh like six oh, three, God, yeah he's like six four yeah big big kid and uh it was laughable i mean yeah. head smashed up on the roof i and... did it at cars and coffee and everyone's like taking video of me getting out and stuff <laughs> i actually got out pretty gracefully there's video of it yeah, so nice so, Kyron's like knees were on the windshield yeah it was kidding. so like, funny <laughs> it took him several attempts to get his legs in because it was he yeah like, the, sat you... down first and there's like well your legs aren't going in so now you gotta start <laughs> over you know yeah yeah um, i think you have to like kind of put your legs in first then <laughs> yourself down kind of, yeah yeah the german judge gives you a 10 for the yeah exactly <laughs> i don't um, understand also what's really confusing to me is that uh um, pedal box is so small like 
English yeah. British people are pretty big in general. They're your Nor- Nord Japanese Nordic European people. Like yeah. you know, it's not like a Japanese guy, right? Like yeah. I don't understand why they're built so small like that. I guess lighter and such a safe car too. Like oh. you're like sitting there, you're like the pedal box is so small because the wheel is at my knee. <laughs> and like what would happen yeah, if you hit that front end right there? And it was like it would right just up, break your legs. Right up to my love handles <laughs> was <Yeah>. the roof. <laughs> you know, I, I stood oh standing next to, next to it. it. It was like basically right. Right here. I, I looked it up because I, I thought it would be lower than a GT40, but it's like 42 inches tall or oh, something, okay. which is gnarly, right? You think about it, it's like, holy shit, dude, GT40s are GT40s insanely are really low. low. Yeah. Super safe also. Um, well, I think we could talk about the rally forever. Indeed. I really want to get into some of Forrest. We'll probably talk about it next week, too. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, Forrest, we mentioned it on Thursday edition, but um, you are Mr. Kugel Works. We have talked about you on the podcast in the past because of Arts uh, 2002 and mm-hmm. just your general radness. Oh, by the way, the rally talk, Forrest made awesome badges yeah. for oh. every car that was on the rally. Dude, we were just talking insane. about that. Forged or, you know, like cast poured. Right? Yep, they were sandcasted. Uh, we made 98, I think. Yeah. And so uh, enough for every car on the rally to, to get a badge. And uh, it was handmade. Uh, we poured them in the small foundry that I have at my place out of all scrap material. Yeah, what, were, what was the scraps? I had uh, a Triumph TR3 bell housing that had been broken up from a parts that a buddy of mine had. Um, I had a 996 turbo wheel from the Porsche shop that I used to (laughs) work at uh, that was cracked and I cut it up in the bandsaw and melted that down along with a bunch of the scrap from the air dams and spoilers. Sweet. So we have all that. So cool, dude. That's the coolest part about it. Yeah. I feel like the story is worth as much as. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So we, we got should... a little TR3, 996 Turbo Twist, and a bunch of aluminum air dams. Also, some of them got some leftovers from the Santa Rosa Fire uh, victim stuff. Uh, friends of mine brought melted parts from their cars. Whoa. Uh, so a buddy of ours, uh, Scott Birdsall, had um, a Buick in his driveway with an aluminum intake manifold and some other parts, and that melted. It had springs sticking out of it from the carb return. Whoa. And uh, we use some of those too. So, yeah, we got to put that in like a newsletter or something. <laughs> That's badass. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, super cool. Really straight, really clean, simple design. Like a little roundel style deal. Five speed shift pattern in the middle. BMW shift pattern. BMW yeah. shift pattern. It's got reverse up and to the left. Up and to the left. And Coastal Range Rally 2018 on them, right? Yep. Full disclosure, that design I drew on a napkin in the morning while I was having my eggs and coffee. And I took a photo of it and sent it to my recent um, shop partner, um, who moved in uh jesse hayes who's a really talented um cad modeler designer and um he rented out the other half of my shop and has uh multiple cnc machines and does cad modeling for a living and uh he was like oh yeah i'll just knock this out and we'll mill one and so he handed me the cnc milled piece that was his interpretation of my hand-drawn uh design and uh i cleaned it up polished it and then made duplicates of that by casting um that then 
propagated this pattern board so that I could cast four at a time. So we did that, clean them up, and uh, so Art asked, cool. can we get yeah. them all polished? <laughs> and I was like, you know how much effort it took just to tumble these and, and brush them? So you can polish them if you want, but mm. you're going to have to do that on your own time. Dude, that is so rad. They look killer either way. They're yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah. Thank I, you. I would love to see that happen again. Uh, you know. It'd love Warren would love to see you pour your sweat into this. Thing I already I saw some like you know like Brad to put his on his dash. Yeah, and then I saw like the nine twenty four had it on that back thing next to his next to his license plate and uh, oh the balance in the where the right next to it. Be, be another thing yeah. I want to air out here the <laughs> the double stick tape that I provided I did not make. And so it was a pain in the butt to pull the little ply peel off of the back and uh, really apologize. It was 3M product. I don't know what failed on that, but um, uh, chemical. Yeah. They're not a sponsor. You can yeah. talk yeah. shit about Blame them. Blame them. Yeah. <laughs> Junk. Yeah, dude, I don't I don't want to waste it on the Corvette. That's what I was saying, too. Oh, don't put it on the Corvette. <laughs> no, uh, dude, that car was on it. Dude, you can, what else are you going to put it on? A lot of people asked, well, where do I put this? And I just kind of Where do you want to put it? Yeah, it's, it's more of a, you know, a little desk widget or something, you know, uh, to commemorate the thing. Yeah. And uh, I do like the idea of being involved with some historic event stuff because a lot of these cars that that I'm working on um, and have kind of gravitated and graduated to are historically important stuff yeah. that I feel like, um, and I'm not a purist about, you know, this has to be correct and, and you know, period correct, um, but uh, honoring the history and also creating new history, which yeah. uh, is something that I really, I, I saw you guys doing this and was like, this deserves something that isn't cranked out in china or laser cut out or whatever which those things have their you know use and reason but um if you can hand make something there's a little more intrinsic value dude yeah. i love cool. it i think that's so cool like if you know you go and if you go and buy like a 2000 you know one of these cars 10 years from now and it's you like, see it has that badge on it. How cool like, is that, you know? Art's SEC. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah, the, it's got the it, it adds to the story of that car, and it just yeah. it gives it this cool history. Like, oh, that's an enthusiast-owned car. Like, mm -hmm. this guy went on this thing in, you know, 2018. Yeah, like Warren's referring to, I have a plaque on my center console in the SEC that uh, Bruce Canepa put there, I think, in, like, 86 <coughs> or 87. Laguna Seca. And it was a Laguna Seca champion, whatever, runoffs, SECA runoffs or something, which is pretty rad yeah as, as lane's describing i mean you know that that came from someone who is in motorsport or cares about motorsport and it's, it's it definitely it adds to the value of the car in a different way right an emotional component expensive item on ebay 30 years from now yeah, exactly. <laughs> on yeah, titanium. yeah dude, so i mean obviously you've done you do, you do fab work you mess around metallurgy a little bit but what is your background like in in, in fabrication and all that because i know you've done a little bit of upholstery you do metal work you do all this sort of all this sort of stuff yeah, I had thought about, uh, you know, prompting, you know, these questions. Uh, <laughs> I I am a first-generation automotive enthusiast. Uh, my dad is not a car guy. Uh, he's a carpenter and um, appreciates craftsmanship, but he couldn't care if the car was fixed with duct tape and bailing wire. And so, um, but what I did know is that I didn't want to work 
nailing, you know, siding up or, or, you know, groveling around digging ditches. And, uh, and I loved cars, uh, for the, the art, uh, and design of them early on. And so, but I grew up up in the hills and, you know, couldn't just go, oh, I can apprentice at this coach builder's shop. You know, I worked at the gas station. And so I started in a little 400 population town, uh, working at the gas station and I did my own car stereos and stuff like that. And then got a job at a car stereo shop, got a job at a dealership, Chevy dealership, by the way, Oh yeah. Uh, 1996, seven. Uh, and then, uh, I worked at a bunch of different shops that did cater to, um, hot rods, uh, essentially, mm-hmm. um, and doing mechanical and fabrication stuff. Um, pretty much on the the basic level of suspension work and uh, electronics and kind of always felt like there was something more. And so when somebody goes, this is how a welder work, you plug this in and you squirt this out of this thing. I said, ah, you know, but I've seen welds that are better. And so how can we do it better? And so I sought out um, better processes, TIG welding and uh, better, you know, people doing upholstery and they'd use a funky spray glue out of a can and just stick it on there. And I'm like, someone else knows how to do this better. And taking apart cars, you'd see how the original manufacturer made something and you'd go, oh, this was smart. I see how they molded this part or how they upholstered it or how they chamfered this, you know, hole and the screw fits flush. And so, um, I kind of uh, work in the aftermarket where people want to modify everything and as my taste and uh, aesthetic kind of has uh, uh, evolved, I find myself thinking, what would Porsche do or what would BMW do? And so although I make race inspired parts, um, I like to make stuff that is subtle and smart and and works thoughtfully. And um, in doing so, I kind of have sought out masters of the craft uh i've apprenticed under a upholstery shop i started a, a porsche shop um six eight years ago something like that and was there for three and a half years um and doing most of the motorsport fabrication stuff and learned uh under a gentleman uh michael rose who trained at roof racing in germany and uh he's excellent engineer and mechanic he taught me a whole lot and i did everything from you know clutches and brakes ims bearing upgrades and Mm. um that kind of stuff to prepping uh air-cooled cars uh taking a street car and turning into a track car kind of stuff Mm. And now I have my own shop. We have the CNC machine shop next door. And I have uh, plastics manufacturing, wood shop, um, and a lot of metal shaping tools for making a sheet metal body panels and aerodynamics parts. And I've been focusing on uh, BMW stuff, but um, I love to branch out and do um, anything that kind of fits the DWA profile. Hmm. Yeah. Nice. Wait. So, so what do you do? You have a car? That's rad. Uh, I've owned over a hundred cars. Wow. And uh, beat me two X, eh? Yeah. 
and uh, I, but everything's in dozens. You know, it's like I don't just do something this much. It's like Dotson's fourteen five. Yeah, you go full in. I've Twelve had, Sapporos. I've had a few. I've had a bunch of Mitsubishi stuff. I love weird. Mighty Max. Uh, Mitsubishi vans. Oh, I've had Delica. four Mitsubishi vans. Mm. One Delica right hand uh -huh. drive diesel. What other manual. van would you be talking about? Uh, they made a Star Wagon, which is a two wheel Super drive cool, version, yeah. uh -huh. and they're beautiful. I there was a guy that wanted to bring one to Radwood that I sold mine to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, we put a, a manual transmission swap and a Nissan 240SX drivetrain. Uh, uh, KA 24E wow. swap into it. But uh, early rotary stuff, we were talking about my uh, RX2s, so RX3, cool, yeah. bunch of RX7s. Um, and I basically, I and I've had a ton of motorcycles. You had 2002s ever or no? So this is the interesting part. Because you're a 2002 now, guy. Now I'm getting exposed here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not a dyed in the wool BMW guy. And uh, I love the Mark. I love the the engineering and design of those cars, um, and I've gravitated towards that recently um, because I have uh, access to all these cars at Rick at North Bavarian, yeah, yeah. um, and uh, the enthusiasts in the 2002 scene, um, they enjoy the motorsport themed stuff they're accepting they're, of modifications use their cars yeah. too mm. which is great and it, it's really you know at the core of my uh personal um philosophy and so that's worked out great um but i've, I've owned a bunch of cars and i've basically pared down my uh collection and it some point a while ago, I kind of said, anybody can be a collector. They just need some money and some time to go on eBay or bring a trailer. I've had a lot of fun stuff, but I don't um, desire to own it. I don't covet it because my hot rod is my shop. Mm -hmm. uh, basically, I like having nice tools and keeping them functioning and having all the accessories to make them work. And what excites me every day is I wake up and I think, how am I going to make this part? And I don't go right to, well, I'm going to make it out of metal and I'm going to smash it with a hammer and weld it up. I'm like, oh, I could make this part composite and I can make that out of plastic and I'll use these different, you know, original manufacturer techniques to make something um, that really, you know, honors smart design and, and mm -hmm. uh so yeah i have a 2002 okay uh, it's, it's uh got in an accident bought it back from insurance. Uh, that's the one you're doing all the body panels and stuff yeah and so i'm i've been on the fence i my wife's gonna listen to this so i shouldn't say but uh <laughs> hi nelly i'm going to uh do a wide body flare uh you know much like rick's car and nice. i have a, a tii motor that i got um recently as well so it'll be like an absolute budget build but it's your it's your your vision yeah and you making all the parts and yeah. doing kind of what you want to do I have it. no time for it at all yeah. but that's <laughs> kind of cool to have like a highlight piece that's your own kind of yeah, but you I know, like something that you can kind of. I want to use it, drive it, sell it, move on. I mean, that's what I do with everything yeah. that I've ever done because I feel like I experienced that, and much like I get it, what art goes through with the cars. It's like you want it, you covet it, you look at it, you search mm -hmm. for it, BRZO, um, yeah. and then you once you have it, you go through the paces with it, and then you kind of. Um, you know, get di a little bit disenchanted by it. Yeah. Like, ah, what's the next thing? Mm -hmm. So what, how about uh, some highlights? Let's say you've owned a hundred cars. Can you pick like 10 
that you absolutely like fell in love with. And you... start with your very first car. Yeah, first car is a good call. Uh, first car that I, I got a hand-me-down crappy Toyota truck because I got the thing to run and I hauled uh, you know, wood down our two-mile dirt road. But first car I went out and bought was a 66 Lincoln Continental two-door, black-on-black, black leather interior. And it had 70,000 original miles. Uh, found it in the local newspaper. Uh, nice. The guy wanted 600 bucks for it. Wow, nice. And I went there with my dad, and it started and ran. Uh, 460 motor. Uh, everything was there. And the guy even had extra couple hubcaps, which I blew <laughs> off all the hubcaps. Uh, taking Fucking corners. hubcaps, man. Too fast. <laughs> so wait, uh, 600 bucks, did you negotiate that down or did you just, uh, go straight? Maybe. Okay. I, I don't recall. Uh, it's, it's a blur. But I had the car for quite a while and it broke down and I bought other stuff. Um, and I p- kind of quickly gravitated away from the American stuff. I had 66... Uh, uh, El Camino and a couple funky Valiants like Slant Six yeah, Cars man. and uh, Ford Ranchero early square body sixty four another six cylinder car and then uh, I got into um, just the stuff that was there you know I lived in a small town so it's like oh somebody's selling this Subaru and it was a a Subaru GL hatchback front wheel drive non turbo uh-huh. but it was a manual great sh- condition and I cut the spring all my cars i just cut the springs as a teenager basically where were you what town uh up on the coast in point arena which is uh yeah 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 two hours north of of santa rosa yeah um and figured out that peugeot uh 505 wheels were the same big four lug pattern as the subaru uh put some of the put those on there and and beat the crap out of that thing and then had another series of bad little weird japanese cars uh and then got into the uh mazdas i had a bunch of rotary cars and then a lot of Datsuns, the 1200 sports coupes and uh, 620 pickups, Nissan hard bodies. Uh, had a couple. Yeah. Of, uh, yeah. Mini trucking. I was living it. I did some C notch frame cuts, Whoa. stuff like that. It was like, that's what fabricators did. You know, it was like if you were into cutting up stuff, you had a mini truck. Yeah. And I was had a mini truck while I was working on other people that had monies, nicer hot rods. And uh, and then I was in the uh, Subaru Mitsubishi kind of scene for a while because uh, I knew guys with money that would go and track their cars and stuff. And so I would prep them. People bought brand new cars, brought them to me and with $20,000. So it's like Evos, STIs, stuff yeah, like I that. Yeah, I do coilovers, big brakes, just the whole, you know, uh, at least flow mod stuff, all the exhaust, bigger intercoolers, blah, 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 tune. And um, and that was cool because I got to just drive all that stuff. And uh, and so were you just doing this in a garage or something at that point? Or? So uh, I basically I've always had my own kind of um, side business, whether it was just a two car garage or now, you know, I own a, an acre where I have a big uh, 4000 square foot shop that's behind my house um, so I always was working in another shop and then I had side stuff going and I don't have weekends and I'm always just making stuff and and you know have a community of people oh this guy can make it so I'm in there you know like modifying somebody's funky van for a trip or something and then the next day working on a race car 
Um, I don't discriminate, but recently it's been like, hey guys, there's guys with a vintage Hakusuka Skyline that wants stuff and so other, you know, uh, better build. So I have to defer some of the- Well, now it seems like you're moving more towards product too, right? Cause you can actually like replicate and actually, it's not just time. You can actually like make a little dough selling apart. It also alleviates some of the stress of just all I'm doing is, um, you know, billable hours yeah. and, um, and I'll go on vacation for a few days and look at my email and go, Oh, cool. I got a few, you know, parts Orders, sold yeah. and I have those things on the shelf ready to just ship out, Right. which feels good. And I never expected to, to do that. Um, but the way that it worked out was just like, I'm making this thing and one guy wants it and then three guys want it. And then next thing you know, I'm like, they tell their friends and they go to a meet and yeah. And it's, it's happened organically and I want to kind of keep it that way when people, you know, what's the next thing? Or are you going to sell thousands of these? And I go, was telling art on the way here. Um, I might make a part and I'm not attached to it selling a thousand units. I'll go, Hey, you know, maybe two people want it. Maybe 20 people want it. Uh, and if it doesn't sell, I'm going to kind of put it on the shelf until I get a few orders for it and move on to prototyping new stuff. Cause I'm not, you know, um, hyper, uh, designing something and then sending it off to a guy to yeah, do this yeah. part and a guy you're to do that it part. Yourself. Yeah. It seems like you, your turnaround's pretty quick on your products mm -hmm. from like conception to actually like bringing out a product I've seen. I feel like just following you on Instagram, I've seen you like kind of come up with some idea. Well, like Art's little fog light things. Yeah. And then uh, they were on the market within like a week. It, it's what absolutely fuels me. I, yeah. I love waking up in the morning thing. How can I make this thing and do it in house and do it smart and um, get it to a point where I can sell it at a price point that makes sense and sometimes hey man can you make me this thing and i look at it and i just go there's no way i can make that at yeah. a reasonable price for you or i don't have the injection molding machine or whatever it might be and it might not be worth it for you to make it for one dude anyways like yeah. you'd have to charge him five grand and you're like dude the guy's not gonna pay five grand and it's still not worth it for your your time to make that one part right yeah. so i mean that's the way like people are always like you should like for a 944 or something i'm like dude 914 944 are dirt bags dude i would never like ask you know like that's like not that's not the mark that's not a good market um 2002 people are spending money in 911s stuff like that so. yeah and i think i'm gonna branch out a bit you know once the 2002 <laughs> stuff kind of gets to a point where um you know uh, it cools off a little bit but uh right now i'm struggling to keep ahead of the prototype a new part get it out keep it stocked you know keep people happy but i recently have got a lot of uh, special order stuff um the people uh at racecraft uh, are having me make air dams for them and they do beautiful stuff they're up in oregon i believe um mostly 2002 stuff and then uh other special builds where someone's like i want your air dam but i want oval break duct holes and yeah, i yeah. want to cut out for this or that and so um those are things where i go well you know this is going to take all day so a 280 dollars air dam turns into a 1200 dollars air dam after all their fancy biff baths that i'm <laughs> adding on yeah. yeah so you mentioned you're working on a couple other things like what what other products do you foresee here coming down the line um some stuff is uh 
OE application parts that are NLA from the manufacturer. Mm. So like right now, everybody- Corvette uh, throttle pedals. Yeah. This stuff needs to get built. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Needs to get built. Mostly BMW 2002 stuff um, because again, the community has been really good to me and- I love them and the cars, and I see these little windows of stuff, some of which is exciting. You know, you build the air dam, and then, you know, all the pictures of that car are like the frontal area, and there's your part, and it and it feels great. But there's some less, uh, you know, uh, parts that are not so cool, um, these little uh, license plate lights. And the original ones were like chrome plated plastic encased funky mm. two piece things with a gasket and all this stuff uh, and a screw and a, and a little you know bulb it's it's over engineered and they don't stand the test of time they're all oxidized they fall apart and it's the first thing that gets smashed when somebody backs into something or gets hit from behind and so i'm gonna we're gonna do a cast aluminum one and do an led embedded into it and it'll be a super simple part and i'm gonna use the um existing kind of design there's actually really cool kind of uh, art deco scallop detail mm-hmm. to it that i i love you know people look at it, yeah you make a billet one it'll be cool i'm, I'm really going to honor the original design mm. um there's a lot of little things like that that i know people will appreciate uh for those and a lot of interior parts and continue like the cup holders that was a crazy kind of thing that a couple people want a cup holders i go well i could make something that's fiberglass and wrapped in vinyl and does this and does that or i could make a mold and we can reproduce this out of plastic yeah and i didn't think i was gonna sell and it kind of looks like factory in a lot of ways too totally. so that's the thing it's like me- matching what is era and what would be acceptable in that car right so doing a billet like license plate life or 2002 that's just not like that's not appropriate for that car (laughs) yeah but doing something in cast that's something you'd be like okay the factory maybe would have done this or like maybe a 911 in the same era had that apart like that kind of thing um that's a cool way to go at it like i know for example like 944s 911s they have the little seat the seat release there's people that make those out of billet you're like dude that looks so lame just or it or it's it's not even billet it's like stainless yeah but it's like machine perfect stainless and it just looks odd you know no because you i mean because the the stock plastic ones do kind of like break but it'd be cool if it was just like still stock plastic with like a reinforced rear you know or something like that so I, i started making um e-brake handles before i even made a shift knob and every single 2002 had this ribbed plastic cover Mm. they're all split they're all chipped up and they all look super cheap and everyone has got a beautiful nardy classic wheel you know Mm. nice wood (laughs) polished aluminum and i was like well i want this handle to look like the wheel and so when I designed the the shift knob, the same thing happened. It was like, it needs to have that little aluminum bezel detail and then a wood body and it be fitting so that you kind of have a matched set and you carry out the theme that makes sense. Mm -hmm. It's like having cheesy race seats in the front and a stock rear seat that are Mm -hmm. two different fabrics. It's just kind of sophomoric. (laughs) And then you're upgrading, you're doing like a little leather and stuff like that too, right? Yeah. Where it used to be like a harsh like rubber, a yeah. crappy rubber Again, plastic to match so if somebody has a leather wheel with a black anodized center mm-hmm. spokes i'd do a leather and black uh handle set 
So you, you've owned a hundred cars and I was just curious, what's a car that you've always kind of sought? You know, maybe you haven't actually owned one, but something that you'd like to, or is on your radar. You mentioned BRZO. So I thought I'd, you know, oh, kind of see what's on your my list. BRZO mm. search is, uh, I got a lot of Radwood era stuff there just by virtue of, uh, attainability. Sure. Yeah. You know, uh, I don't, well, I own one car that I've, have wanted to for a long time now and it's a new mercedes sprinter van which is kind of like i love driving and i got dozens of friends that have beautiful high performance cars and if i was flat out like hey let me borrow your car for the weekend most of them would toss me the keys yeah so uh to be able to just have something that goes everywhere does everything i want um load up dirt bikes in the back put you know uh stacks and stacks of material whatever that works but um it's not very cool or fun mm -hmm. so um what year is the sprinter 2016 oh yeah know, turbo diesel hell yeah. yeah rear wheel drive yeah yeah nice not afford the four-wheel drive yeah. Yeah. yeah no the rear wheel drive is kind of fun though i've driven those and actually on these back roads before and you can get kind of silly it's, it's surprisingly <laughs> capable for a big, huge, ridiculous, top-heavy yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, a lot of the stuff that I gravitate towards is less complicated, more simple, lightweight, fun stuff. And um, Sorry, I'm checking all those boxes, and then I have a follow-up question for you. Yeah. <laughs> so keep going. Um, and then, of course, like I've done a ton of engine swaps, so I'm never like, but this car had that motor. I'm always like, well, I'll just put whatever I want in it and run whatever kind of engine management I want in it, too, uh, which also then just makes the kind of blows your head open where you're like, oh, man, well, that just makes a huge list of stuff that I want and need. Um like there's a silly triumph tr6 i don't know if you've seen the any photos of it the franken triumph that i've been working on for two years oh now. yeah yeah cameron yeah. i'm yeah, sorry Art made the video yeah. with it. made a live video yeah. or a story is that a honda motor or what does yeah. it have it has uh yeah f20c uh but it has a stroker bottom end it's a 2.3 liter so you lose a little bit of the rpm but um the massive turbo hopefully will make up for that and there's a local tuner that i worked with on the whole design and dynamic of the motor and turbo setup uh he seems to think that um it's going to be really drivable um i got talked into all of this silly stuff originally i was like we'll use f20c completely stock factory ecu factory induction everything all you know and then as it snowballed the customer kind of there on the internet or whatever like yeah. oh, man other people <laughs> does have it have the digital gauges absolutely not uh, <laughs> i feel like when you do a s2000 cluster in, a, in an early car yeah. it just really takes away from the aesthetic so especially right. a british car right yeah. like that so yeah. i have smith's gauges oh, sweet. that are uh you know brand new from them that are set up with uh external sensors uh so the thing um is obnoxious you know you just look at it and you're like this thing's gonna be ridiculous and it is and uh is it gonna look pretty stock or is it gonna be no there's massive flares oh the yeah entire chassis is scratch built um ladder tube frame with miata uh the last generation uh nc and rx8 uh independent uh control arms wow. and um rx8 uh rear diff um and 
So yeah, it's kind of over the top, huge disc brakes, and then uh, 17 by 9. Oh, big, big wheels. Yeah, at which the flares, I mean, the flares cut into the fender um, to a point where... Uh, they're right at the top of the of the fender itself, and they and they stick out a foot and a half. Holy shit! So a massive wide body thing on the front yeah. of the whole car, all fiberglass stuff that uh, I made molds of, so that uh, you know. And it's like a bolt-on flare, or is it molded in? It's going to be a bolt-on flare from behind of a fiberglass fender, so it's an add-on that you don't see any of the hardware. Okay, so, so you have flange. a seam. Yes. And then are you going to do like any kind of piping on the seam, or is it just a flush fit? Yeah, maybe I'll do a little piece of, well, you know, thin So then how do you mount it from the back? You just have like... Threaded, threaded insert. inserts that you bolt in from the back. Yeah, I did the same thing with some of the time attacks. Like I did with the front end of the 944, yeah. that thing. You epoxy in yeah. a threaded insert, and uh, it'll be serviceable, I, I believe. But uh, I set it all up so on full compress of the suspension, um, the, they clear with a half inch gap around everything. Cool. It's not horribly stance buoyed out but it it looks like a hill climb car it looks like a mm. you know over the top period hill climb car pretty much hard top that makes uh, i'm not a big fan of roadsters um just both the driving experience and the the look i like you know seeing a profile of a, a c pillar mm -hmm. so uh he's got a uh, hard top and then there's a big ridiculous five foot wide um fuck off wing on the oh, back geez. yeah oh, like uh, a time attack wing time attack style Oh, yeah. uh, carbon with big uh, aluminum uprights and I'm probably going to do like cable turnbuckle stuff. I mean, <laughs> it's totally penis mobile yeah. and uh, the front air dam thing is massive and it, it looks very Darth Vader-esque. Um, Have you made any progress since I last saw it? Absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's just funny because like, is it a TR4 or a TR6? TR it's a TR6. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you sort of kind of have the... Uh, the shadows and shapes of that, but it's definitely not a TR6. I don't anymore. have the flares on it yeah. now, too. So I, I've taken them off to do work in the engine bay and stuff, do the mechanicals. So I got off doing the body, got on it because we just want to get it running and driving to do some shakedown stuff oh, sweet. before CRR 2019. Yeah. It yeah. is not going to be a good rally. Car. No. Yeah. I can, it needs the flattest glass. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, what, the word I wanted to use was a suggestion of a TR6, but yeah. I can see how you try to keep that shape. But it's, as you described, I mean, the whole thing is built from scratch. I mean, it's yeah. like a fully custom chassis with a TR6 kind of a pretty car. They're pretty, it is. and they're yeah. small. Yeah, like, they're definitely cool cars. Yeah, up to them. they're small yeah. cars. I drew some renderings of what the eventual look will be Ooh, early on, a couple years ago, and then I I took some photos with the flares on it, and you can see essentially what the what color is it going to be. Um, he was leaning towards like um. There's a stock Triumph dark blue. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah. That that looks uh, looks pretty nice. Kind of understated, not, mm -hmm. not too obnoxious. And usually those have like the Union Jack on the back. On the side, yeah. You got yeah. that obligatory. We're definitely gonna yeah. do a Union Jack yeah. thing. Cool. Uh, the cool Japanese flag too, maybe for the. <laughs> it's it's kind of kind of cool homogenization well uh cameron uh, the owner a good friend of mine who's my customer on it essentially uh his dad has owned a bunch of triumphs and it was kind of like a thing that he wanted to do this guy has other cars too or is this, this is like um he's had a bunch of different cars i'm kind of his um 
I won't say guru, I'd say his car therapist kind mm, of, yeah. you know, and I talk him off the ledge of like, but I'm looking on this thing and it's really cool. I'm going to buy it. I'm like, no camera, not another one. <laughs> Consiliary, is that the word? And he's a track guy too? Or um, is he... He's done a little bit of track days, but mostly just back roads driving and stuff. Mm. He lives in San Jose and uh, has has had some, some cool stuff. Um, I met him by buying a Datsun 710 station wagon from him. Hmm. which is wood trim wood wood paneling on the side uh it had it didn't have wood on the sides it did have some wood detail i'm trying to remember Mm. um but it was beautiful uh, like a dark pumpkin orange Ooh, cool yeah uh oh god i was just gonna say that i during the rally i i was kind of dreaming about that that s2000 engine in a 2002 or something so good it's such a cool option to be revving that thing to 9000 or whatever but being that yeah cool old chassis and, and i think the weight is the big thing too because it's like when s2000 weighs like 2700 pounds or something right and it's like you know the whole uh you're kind of waiting for it waiting for it yeah i think if you had if you have 1900 pounds yeah 1800 pounds like you're not waiting that long, dude. Like the pa- that power, yeah. The power comes on, and yeah, because you don't my need... my M20. I mean, after five fifty five hundred RPM, it feels kind of just like that's about all you're gonna get. Yeah. And uh, imagine going another, you know, three thirty five hundred RPM. <laughs> yeah, and in a little nimble package, it seems really cool. That's like Jeff Glenn's. Um... His oh, little yes. Ford Cortina mm. with, oh, the, yeah. with the the F twenty C motor in it. That thing looks so fun. That sounds great. I don't know if it is. I haven't driven one, but the, the Revy motor requires a lot more driver presence because if it drops out of the RPM you're range, screwed, right? you have no torque down low, and you're constantly just you know shifting down and trying to stay in it, and it and it does wear you out a little bit. That yeah, way. I remember like reading a review of the. Uh, I don't know if it was AP1 or AP2, but the S2000, and they were they said, you know, it does 0 to 60 in 5.7 seconds, let's say, but that's dumping a clutch at like 6,500 RPM or something. Jeez. They said when they dumped the clutch at 3,000 RPM, it did 0 to 60 in like nine, like 10 point, it was like 10 seconds or something. <laughs> yeah. uh, so it was basically a really slow car, unless you just like, Unless you abuse the shit, that's out of really it. aggressive. Yeah, but I guess that sounds kind of fun. Not to do like sixty-five hundred, yeah, sixty-five hundred RPM. But you figure drops, on a racetrack or something like right. that, or like on the rally, but you can like keep it on up. boil. But I, w- I imagine it would be annoying in traffic or yeah. something like that, where cause you know you're not driving. You have to basically drive like an asshole to get the most out of it. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's yeah. <laughs> sounds Ge- fun. Yeah, gearing helps and all sorts of stuff. Um, it's a great sounding engine. Oh yeah, I, I'm all for it. Hopefully, it doesn't have a transmission like the NSX. It would never. It would. Oh, never the move. gearing is all fucked up. Yeah, yeah. no. Uh, so you mentioned simple, lightweight. You know, kind of easy to work on. Uh, you're a big rotary fan. Uh, you had some Marks two, some three, some FCs. Rotary. Was so <laughs> I'd like to get into that a little bit. So like. Are they as complicated as people say? Like, is it really just upgrading the cooling system? Is it really just dumping oil into them? Like, I want to know a little more about them, about that, about someone with personal experience, yeah. and then why did why why were? <laughs> That's also a good one. It, it really is dumping oil into them. People need to remember it's a two-stroke motor essentially. Mm. It it needs oil to survive. So you're either pre-mixing the oil 
honestly, you're just pre-mixing the oil. If you uh, rely on the factory metering pump, you're kind of like just maybe it'll keep running or, mm. or not. Um, and so a, like metering pump problems, it's just motor dead. Um, and you won't have any uh, real warning, even temperature warning. So like I had a, a early, uh, an FBRX7 running great, drove it to LA and back, just got home and I go from a stop to, you know, through the gears, second, third gear and the car and the rear wheels lock up and I'm, whoa, what's going on? I shove the clutch in and roll to the side of the road. Whoa. What's going on? I don't know. Is there something in the wheel? Did something get stuck? You know, and I go to start it and it's just click, click, click. And uh, tore the motor down and the apex seal had mm. just grenaded. Whether, so you always hear, right? Yeah. With, and the thing is with those motors, if you, re, if you um, do a rebuild before you have apex seal failure, then the motor is essentially, it's like the bottom end of, of a Porsche, air-cooled Porsche, where it's, it's indestructible. You just, the bottom end goes and goes and goes and you put new jugs and pistons, you're, you're good to go. So a rotor, you can rebuild with nothing but seals, essentially, mm. uh, oil control rings and apex seals. But if you have an apex seal fall apart or essentially, you know, grenade, it tends to lodge in the piston mm. and then gouge the uh, the housing, yeah. rotor housing or, or end housings. And so then you're kind of cobbling together a motor um, out of junkyard housings. And, and uh, they are great because they are inexpensive to rebuild, but less and less people are working on them and want to work on them. Mm -hmm. So, um, but talk about Revy. I mean, compared to, and it makes an S2000 motor seem like a torque monster because you do have that crazy range, but yeah, I got to dump the clutch and, and it's a lot of work. It's, uh, it's an experience or a, it's got a lot of sense of occasion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You definitely have to rev Jeez, it up. I don't. I've. I think I've driven one RX7 ever. Me too. Uh, uh, newer, like uh, F no, the, FC. So I don't even know what's the what's the one looks like an I44. FC. Yeah. Okay, nice. so that B one before that is the yeah. first. The B is the real small 79 yeah. through what was the first year? 85. 86 is the first year of FS. Yeah. Uh, so I so I've driven an FB. Okay, yeah, early car. It was like an 80 or something. Oh, like an 80 or 81 So or the something. early ones are carbed and it would be a 12A motor. Yeah, yeah, it was carbed. Displacement. Um but that's the only one I've ever driven. I've never driven one. I drove yeah. like a 90. Okay. So that's like so an FC. Yeah. FC, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those are like famously they uh, have a chime or a buzzer that rings when you're getting close to redline because they're so smooth that you actually, you, know. you could just keep revving them out and you wow. don't realize that you're going to wow. hit that. Really? Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, redline is uh, sort of a suggestion on there and then it actually has a, a, a buzzer or something. So yeah, that's the thing we always hear is like they're, you know, they're not known for longevity, like what 50,000 miles is kind of like pushing it a, little, a lot of times and then uh the fuel consumption is like the worst yeah, horrible, ever right horrible like, fuel economy it's but it's like um you know some of the newer cars where like a rod bearing is a wear item you know you gotta just think okay that you rebuild the motor and if you do it before it has a problem then you're in the clear but i think back then people weren't into doing preventative maintenance stuff they were just kind of like oh these cars blow up it's a pretty big preventative maintenance item rebuild, rebuild every 50,000 50, 50, miles how hard is it 
But you're so saying it's, it's, it's just it's, seals, essentially. It's just seals. But you still got to pull everything out. And, yep. Uh, yep. It's way they're less. Like, they're the size of a football. You, yeah. You, yeah, you have uh, like one third less moving parts. You have no valve train at all. It's eccentric shaft and you've got timing shaft stuff and um, or timing gear stuff. And then essentially it's just the end housings and the rotor housings and oil control rings, um, apex seals. And you uh, you could do it in a day, like with three hundred dollars in a seal kit from Mazda. Oh, wow. So mm. that's why uh, people used to love them as track cars because they could like abuse them, rebuild the motor overnight in the trailer, and keep running. It's like doing a timing belt or something. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that's all I know about them is that they used to be a really big spec series. Yeah. And they sound awful on the and track. They sound terrible. Yeah, they're just so loud. That's it's like a love hate with the noise for sure. Um, <laughs> it's kind of wild that it's like, wow, this thing will rev like crazy, and you gotta kind of like, yeah, it maybe it's just a uh, uh, a taste that you get after. Some yeah, time, but yeah, I I like it. As much as bumblebees, like, like the FCs yeah. and the FDs, especially the 13B motors, sound really cool. They have like almost like I mean, it's a very unique, very like easily discernible sound. But yeah, it, it's less bumblebee-ish. The 13Bs have a more of a almost like a whine kind of sound to them that I really like. I have grown to like the way the F like FBs look like. The super early ones yeah. and stuff. I, I, you know, you see a nice one, you're like, "Whoa, that's really cool." Because you know? they're rare in yeah. in good form. The last year of the of the FB is the uh, how long is this GSL SE? Yeah, yeah. They had B motor or whatever. No, it's just two rotor. The three rotor only came later on. So the twenty B would be in Unos, uh, the Cosmo. Uh, Cos- Unos yeah. Cosmo, right? Yeah. yeah. Which we had one at yeah. Radwell. Oh, yeah, and it's the like only three-rotor one, right? Or, Other or than race cars, right? It's only Other three-rotor production, production, production car. Yeah. 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 yeah, those sound epic with, with an exhaust yes. as well. Oh, dude, the um, race cars are yeah. so Well, the race cars, yeah, definitely. Yeah, the race cars sound awesome. Like yeah. Formula One. Like, like that one, that the winning car? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, We saw Laguna a couple years ago. Yeah. yeah. Uh the uh the FBs. Well, so I thought FA was the first early split tail car. Remember like basically like late seventies and then it changed to FB in the early eighties. Um but I don't know if you might be right, because there is the that's the ones the early split tail ones. Yeah. Those are the ones I like. They're really cool. Yeah, they're really early, clean, simple. Yeah, with the yeah, little so tiny tail lights. In Japan, those like I've seen them a lot, like pretty tuned up with like over fender flares and Watanabe wheels oh, yeah. and you know, that those look badass uh when done right. And it's very rare that you see anyone modify them here except for the spec series, you know, which is just a dedicated little race car with RE1s and some Panasports or whatever. But you don't really see RX7s on the road at all anymore. Yeah. Yeah, because no one wants to work on breed. Yeah, Yeah, you definitely don't see like, I guess they're not rotaries, but like B210s and stuff like that or 610s or any of those things. There's a a pretty good scene uh, down in Southern California. Yeah, yeah, where there's like rotary club dudes and and, uh, still some RX2s and 3s. Those cars uh, sold for considerably more than their piston counterparts. Like if you look at Datsun MSRP, same year, same option, right next to RX2 or 3 or, you know, uh, they were two grand more. 
Wow. Which um, was yeah, almost double the price was, at the it time. Was a, it was yeah. like a you know high end yeah. kind of car comparative. Dude, the RX threes are so rad. I mean, those quad tail lights. That's such a good look. Yeah, I've seen is. a lot of. Have you, did you see the autocross one that campaigned a while? The white one. Um, there was a white one that was like very competitive. Were those? I can't remember the were CSP those, maybe. Um, were those imported here a lot, or was it? They were sold officially in the U.S., but I don't know how many were. RX-3s, they they sent less over than the RX-2, and it is a very menacing and um, kind of, um, it's it's less subtle. The RX-2 almost looks like if you didn't know what it was, you might mistake it for an Italian penned car. Mm -hmm. It's got round tail lights. It's got a beautiful little hip and C-pillar line. Mm. Um, Yeah, quad headlights and real subtle bumpers. Um, and then the RX three came out and it was kind of like American muscle car. It got a little wider, more bloated and tougher. I posted a picture of it. There was one at at the pre-reunion this year. Uh, they have a solid rear axle. So the rear tires were totally vertical. I took a picture from the quarter panel to the front and the front was like, I'm not kidding. Like negative. Yeah. RX three, like negative five degrees of camber Hmm. in the Mazda tent. And it was a, a car that was actually being raced that weekend. Um, but yeah, they're they're super cool. It's just, they're so rare. I can't even imagine owning one. Like I don't know where the hell you get anything for one of There's those. There's a huge scene in Australia, New Zealand, yeah, climb stuff, or... rotary stuff in particular, RX twos, threes, and because uh, they get stuff from Japan too. Yeah, mm. yeah. They sold fact, a ton. We should all buy rotaries. We should all buy rotaries. Too. Like, <laughs> yeah, year, re- year, rebuild parties every year. A year of rotaries. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, because <laughs> the ro- Rotary Club. Rotary. Yeah. Oh, this guy. Oh, Thank you, Warren. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, the FD is still high up on the list for me. I gotta, we gotta have one at some point. So I mean, I've always said like. If I buy one, I want to get one that is that is recently rebuilt. Like that's my thing. I don't care if it's I got a hundred thousand miles or hundred and twenty. It's irrelevant. Like as long as it's been it has recently a fresh rebuilt, rebuilt by yeah. a reputable builder. That's definitely key. Yeah, I yeah. think it'd be funny to have a a Mazda club show up at a rotary meeting and say like, wait, I think just pin their motors yeah. all at twelve thousand RPM. Totally, that's a good call. We made it. We're here. Get some special hats that just have a, rot- a little, rotor on top. Yeah, that yeah. spins exactly. It's new fidgets. That, that's rotor. just it's such a sketchy proposition to me. Like having a motor that like nobody is, knows how to work on. It's and it's kind of like this like time bomb of like oh well we've it's like it's kind of like a dirt bike like a two stroke. You're like oh the top end has eight you know this many hours on it's about to time go for like rebuild. yeah time for a rebuild. It's like I mean I get that that like you know. A, BMW E30 motor has to, the time ball has to be redone and 944 time ball service is like essential, you know, or else valves collide and all that stuff. But this is even, it just seems like that much gnarlier and kind of like, you're like, uh, is that trip worth it? Okay. If I'm going to go on the coastal range rally, that means I'm going to have to rebuild in a thousand mile, you know, no, like, no rotaries on the rally. No. Hmm. But you know what I'm saying? Like most engines, like like it, say an air cooled 911, you just drive the fucking shit out of yeah. it until the top end needs rebuilt at 140,000 yeah, miles, and you're still moving. In. Yeah, you're and, and you're still moving. You rebuild the top end, but it's not like it has this like shelf life. It 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 kind of. Yeah, I feel like it's it's. I mean, uh, and you can probably um, you know speak to this, but like it's kind of one of those things where like. 
we've talked about modern BMWs and they have high, they have oil consumption issues, but I think people just continue driving them, expecting them not to consume oil and then they destroy the motors and then it's a thing, right? Yeah. So it's like, if you just keep adding oil, you're fine, but it's a new car. You shouldn't have to add oil. It's kind of the RX-7 thing, right? It's like they require extra maintenance and extra things. And so if you're aware of those things, you'll get to 80 to 100,000 miles, which is quite a long time. You know, it depends on how you drive, but you have to stay on top of that shit, right? It's not the same as a, you know, a, a, a W123 diesel engine that's going to go through 300,000 miles. I know it's not that, but right. But it's just like, you know, I've always known, yeah, it's a cooling system thing. You got to stay on top of your oil and premix and, and then just be prepared for that. It's just a sketchy proposition in a used car where you're like, all right, I don't know when, you know, you have to, there has to be investment. Yeah. It has to be all knowns. Yeah, exactly. uh, Totally. Yeah. What are you talking about? Premix. Premix oil and gas. There, yeah. There's and, a metering pump that that puts that injects oil into the mix, but it's like a two-stroke. I know, yeah, but it, it's like you, a lawnmower. So you literally dump oil in the gas tank yeah. when you fill up. Yeah. yeah. What? You literally go. How I'm much? Put ten gallons in. I'm gonna put, uh, you know, like a dirt bike. It's and to tw- what year did that one. was that appropriate? Uh, well, all the newer them, right? cars have more advanced metering pumps, yeah. but FD guys do it all the time, even yeah. in those cars. You're FD just, guys do, especially yeah. if you like build the trick motor. You're like, I'm not. I think they don't. They do a delete on all that metering pump stuff, okay. and then they just run premix. No so shit. Gnarly. Yep. You just carry around your little two-stroke oil thing. You're like, eh. once you get used to it, then it's just like, yeah, this is just. Part of the I mean, I guess I it's like add blue and a new diesel or whatever. And yeah, oh, the urea. You have to be a math aficionado to to own one. Aficionado. No, they got a simple that. little jug, and it's got all the everything increments. It's like the dudes that run like yeah, E85 or whatever. I never heard of that. that you yeah. Put. So that this is one of my favorite things ever. It's a little detail. I think it, might, it was like sport compact car. What back in the day when I was reading when, when I was in the Honda scene, um, it was one of these magazines, and they did a time attack thing. But it was also like time attack, like kind of like the Optima thing, but back in the day. Yeah. It was like the time attack thing. There was an autocross, a drag race, and then they did emissions testing on all the tuner cars that they brought. And it was wow. like the Supra, this, this, and this, the CRX fully built, whatever this. And then the FDRX7 didn't have figures. It just said clubs, baby seals. <laughs> That's all it said. <laughs> because it was so bad. It was so the worst. <laughs> they didn't even give you like the NOx and the, you know, the carbon monoxide just figure. like, yeah, yeah, this is not the car. If you're even considering yeah, that, it, that is not factor. Totally. The NSX was the cleanest. I do remember that. But uh, but yeah, the FD was clubs, baby seals. Uh, so yeah, it's kind of a shitty deal. But yeah. Yeah. If it's motorsport use only, then it doesn't matter. But Right. And there's, it's not like there are a lot of those cars out there, right? It's kind of like the classic yeah. car thing. So that's why they killed the rotary in the U.S. is the baby seals. Were yeah, I wouldn't factor. be surprised if it's becoming almost impossible to make those things run clean now. So. I mean, yeah, who knows? They keep talking about maybe bringing it back, but I don't have know. you guys seen the I've, designs? I've, I've heard, heard of really Miata cool. uh, rotary swaps before. It makes and a lot of sense. Kind of, yeah, right. Yeah, doesn't it? Lightweight. Yeah. The God. later Renesis motor they did in the RX-8, people rave about, uh, and they brought the torque numbers up quite a bit. So it's definitely a viable swap, and it lasts considerably I, longer. But then it comes with all of the BFI stuff. I've driven a couple of those actually. Now that I think of it, but oh yeah, yeah. But that, there's no oil in the gas in that scene. I don't know how. Uh, I don't know if they. I think there's a metering pumps. They might shoot it in. Yeah, okay. that's yeah. crazy. 
Learn something every day. And maybe what they do is it's just like a newer turbo car. You know, you said uh, you owned a, a, oh no, you had the supercharged mini, but the turbocharged minis, they drink uh, oil. They they drink a a quart of oil every fill up. And they won't alert you to low oil until you're down to like. Off the stick. Like a quart left in the engine is when it'll say, hey, by the way. Might need some oil here, and that's too late. Yeah, done. Which is really weird. You think we've they... done motors on several of those cars? Did it's, you? Yeah, it's like, did it... you burn any oil on the rally art? Yeah, yeah, I burned a full quart. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. And you went actually, your... I did. I burned a full quart. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I burned a full quart. Yep. Yeah, I'm really curious to see what it looks like after. Yeah, I burned like a third of a quart. Yeah. The third? That's it. Nice. Yeah, I was. I was definitely moving. Warren uh, was. Warren was a little smoky. It's old motor man. Valve, think it's just valve seals or D-cell. My whole lot. problem is like black I'm, smoke. I intermittent misfire. It's like nah, I just have a shitty motor. It's <laughs> just old. <laughs> yeah, a lot of high mileage. But you did who, a hit. Who was ahead of you yeah. when I was on that drive? They were blowing a little smoke too. Yeah, who was that? Mm. Was the, I heard the Trans Am was pretty gnarly. Tailpipes. Oh, the so I was gonna say sure. yeah. uh, roller coaster section. I was behind uh, our buddy Derek in his 308 GT4 Dino. Oh yeah, white on black, awesome car. And uh, I don't, I'm not sure you'd still be alive today if you were in my car behind him. Yeah, <laughs> gassy. Or, yeah, well, I mean, just smoky and gassy. But I had made a point to roll my windows down, even though it was 20 degrees, to hear the engine. Yeah, his car. And you're like, Ugh. and I was like, oh, God, Art, <laughs> save me, dude. Yeah. Yo, uh, freaking. Um, yeah, Lane was saying that he, because you had an early exhaust leak right on the yeah. drive home. You got pretty sick, right? <laughs> dude, I thought I was gonna maybe pass out. And I think it kind of made me more, it made me sick again. Oh, I bet. Yeah. I bet that's why I felt so shitty day two, too, too yeah. because um, I have an exhaust leak coming off the header, the collector. It's just like one of those three, three flange, you know, three bolt connectors going to my cat. Yeah. And uh, it, it came loose right there. And we tightened it back up, but the gasket blew up, blew out when it when it came loose. Mm. So it's just like leaking right there, and it's coming like into the cabin. And uh, dude, it was pretty, it was pretty think painful. Of, think of art. I did. Oh yeah, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> like yeah. yeah, camaraderie on the on the yeah, car. It was pretty miserable. Back everything I said. <laughs> I like I need to get out of this fucking car, dude. Like yeah. I thought I was gonna die. Damn dude. it, Heidi was with you. Uh, she was with me. She actually didn't say a single thing, too. Oh, right. really? Um, but she, she, was, out, yeah. Yeah, she was only with me till Paso. So oh, it wasn't yeah. that we weren't like, we didn't have any really, I mean, we didn't have crazy long stints, but because she drove her car to Paso. So she was, yeah. yeah. And that's where I really started feeling it. Yeah. And then I was rolling like windows down the whole way home and it was kind of cold. Yeah, you almost I mean, got like your on rear stuff, hatch or something. You got a story roof. Yeah, you got a big ass sunroof. Just like straight up vertically. On, that happened at the 924. Dude, too. at like right as we were leaving, like I heard, we, uh, someone said that. Yeah, I was like cruising with him, and then all of a sudden, poop! <laughs> like, what the fuck? It was totally vertical. Whoa. It went straight. That up. was funny. At one point, he pulled over the nine twenty four, and um, he's like thumbs down. I was behind him, and yeah, I didn't have time to pull you, over. Yeah. No, but then the two guys, like three people behind me, like ducked in behind him. And um, he thought something was wrong with his car, and it was—he's all embarrassed because it was literally his phone like chiming. <laughs> and he thought something like he thought something happened, like his motor popped or something. What That's the good. Heck? Wow. He's Best got a very scenario. Finely yeah. tuned sensitivity. Because he something. said he heard this like pop or like a chime, yeah. you know, something like you've got mail, like a ting. <laughs> and he, his immediate reaction was. 
turn the motor off and pull off the side of the road. Wow, and, at least he uh, yeah. to his Smart, car. He yeah. drives his car, right? So right. it was totally fine. That's uh, first world problems right there. Yeah. Yeah, I did hear from a lot of people, though, that were, like, in the carp cars that, like, they got a little fumey after after day oh, two. Yeah. They were, like, kind of over. <laughs> sure. But, I mean, it's just the way it is. Didn't you mention that, too? Because you you're carped, right? And you gotta, yeah, and we were yeah. behind a few other cars that were probably running even a little richer than us. Yeah. So, we were eating quite a bit of that. That 356 <laughs> was smoky, mm -hmm. and the other orange 2002 TII was uh, definitely, yeah. like, he'd back off on diesel, and it was just <laughs> coming out. Yeah. Even TII, huh? I think yeah. he was saying he's... yeah. He had some major work to do after the rally like he was basically using the car for the rally and then it was going to maybe get a motor or oh, really rebuild a or or something i can't remember as well oh, yeah. he said it was getting tired rings uh, yeah oh okay. that's that makes sense. um okay. yeah well i just i really hope everyone had a good time on the rally and uh yeah so yeah i don't know if we'll do it again but yeah, probably not. It's Maybe not. if we do, people will want to come again. That's all right. We at least commemorated it with a really nice, um, right. you know, <laughs> aluminum right. cast. Last one. Yeah, <laughs> it's exactly. going to be even more Super valuable, valuable now. Yeah. And uh, then we got a McQueen that owned one too. So we're like, McQueens usually like appreciate the value yeah. of everything. So, yeah. yeah. That's true. Corvette's going to sell for thousands Tens of dollars. Of dollars. <laughs> yeah. Tens of dollars. Um, Don't put it on your dash because your dash is liable to fly off <laughs> and bump. And it's, hard to, it's hard to find a panel that's going to stick in that put, car. Yeah, you won't stick to the rhino lining. Yeah. By the no, way, when you were up. talking about the camera, because you mentioned the plastic and how you, that scene was really funny, I could I thought you were going to say the top, the plastic f like fell off on you and you're like oh, no. fighting the camera <laughs> like it's like dangling in your face. <laughs> Yeah, the, so the paint is rough enough that it won't. The a GoPro suction cup won't stick to that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> won't stick to the you paint. Have to like wet sand it first or something. Yeah, yeah, it's nice and slick. That makes sense. I was watching some of the videos today oh, um, on our Dropbox. Oh, you know, oh, like yeah. all the YouTube footage that yeah. Brian put up and yeah, all this stuff. It's pretty pretty cool. Like, and then uh, Hugh did a time lapse of the whole rally. Yeah, that was pretty. Which is pretty cool. From the windshield or something? Yeah, whole rally from start to finish. Jeez. Yeah. So it's just all sped up. Yep. It's, exactly. Yeah. All the beautiful sky. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Rolling hills. Yeah. Yep. And then um, a bunch of like American cars doing donuts and stuff, like basically taking turns. <laughs> nice. <laughs> taking turns. Until those Michelins got hot, then you just started. You converted that into a drag race. I was pretty we take surprised. no credit for that. That was the bums. They stole our cars <laughs> and they were taking videos with our cameras. Speaking of, remember our uh, parking lot visitor in Ventura? That was she was oh. she was there to bump smokes and oh, yeah. was, uh, you guys were talking about the last Coastal Range Rally having your uh, parking yeah. lot. Yep situation it yeah, was yeah. like okay this is just par for yeah, the course it's par for the course in Ventura yeah um, we, we so people were trying to get her to stick around to pose on Brian's car oh that would have been nice <laughs> did she have teeth uh, was missing the front ones. okay because yeah. I heard that the like the night was it the, a night or something yeah, yeah it was, it was a night, night. yeah was like the chick with the boots like that was day two <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah yeah so that time yep I think so Trivia time. It is trivia time. Um, I want to quiz you, you folks, on the BMW 2002 in a very Ooh. rare edition. Ooh. <coughs> Have you ever heard of the Diana? What the heck? No? No. no. Um, 
this was a, a race car driver for BMW. He was getting married to a woman named Diana. And he approached BMW and asked if he could make a series of cars with his own modifications, the Kugelworks mm. of the era. Mm. So how many of these cars were built and uh, how many survive today? Oh, well, I'm going to say five and one. Wait, so he approached Can, BMW or a dealership? BMW. Can you tell wow. us a little bit about it, or is that part yeah. of the next trivia question? No, no, no. Um, they yeah, were, what modifications? So they had um, 2,800 or, you know, the dual headlights from a CS or yeah. a CSL. Mm-hmm. Um, racing bucket seats, electric front windows. What? Five speed gearboxes and uh, racing door mirrors, top tent windows, windscreen. Uh, dashboard and panels on the doors covered out of deer skin. Whoa. whoa. <laughs> what the um, kinky. They're yeah. fucking pretty cool. I mean, the twin headlights. Twin headlights. Looks better a, than I yeah, thought. Yeah. And they, they would like use... classy rally lighting. They would yeah. use, uh, like, the Italian wheels, too, of the era. Um, pretty fucking hmm. cool. It is pretty cool. Zuzu Bellette. Have you seen those? The Zuzu? What's that first picture going on? This one? Mm-hmm. Uh, hmm. Hmm. Yeah, a little different, right? Yeah, never. Um, yeah, so it started off as a 2002 Ti, and then uh, with special equipment, and it was all uh, with BMW's blessing. So That's Ti amazing. is like a carved Ti carved car. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm going five and one. I'm going uh, 27 and five left. Just. Go one and none. Damn. That's probably good. Yeah, I'm going to say 10 and three. Good guess, Brian. Uh, there were 12 built. That's it. They were all different colors. Um, and it says that some were equipped with six cylinder engines what or a turbo version mm. of that motor. So they were all a little different and cool. Um, 12 made. Uh, this guy, this was written by the uh, 2002 club in Germany, and he owns the only road-going example, and he knows of the other two. He thinks they're basket cases, and his car, whenever this was written, was insured for 60,000 euro. I'm sure it's worth a little bit more now. Mm. But um, super funky car I'd never heard of. I was kind of yeah. Yeah. looking at it the other day. Um can't remember how I stumbled upon it, but so did BMW actually build them, or did they just like hand them off to him, like body and hand it off to him, or and he, he just did he these mods. mods, yeah. But the the twin headlights, the twin headlight thing is cool, I mean, yeah. The Diana, it, yeah. and it has a a little uh, badge oh, on really? the back. When yeah. you said that, I kind of I was kind of not into it. So there's aftermarket tuners uh, over the years that for the later grill, you know, square taillight cars, they made a quad light grill setup that was hmm. plastic or fiberglass. Yeah. So they'd retrofit that. I mean, ha- there are even square goofy. headlights, right? Aren't there I've kids that do that? On, on E28s. Yeah. E28s I've seen oh, with the square, yeah, square headlights. headlights yeah. They kind of kept the font the same. Like Yeah, the, they did. Yeah. Lowercase Diana on the uh, right-hand side of the tail. And that's his there, the road-going one? I assume so. Yeah. It's a modern picture, you know? It's such an obscure, low-production thing that it's almost like not... Not valuable. Thing. No, yeah. it isn't. I just I didn't <laughs> even know it was a thing to begin with. I mean, 
a, a famous so the the guy who who made these cars he was the the badass touring car driver of the day mm. and he set the Nurburgring record in a touring car at oh that hence time. why he under, had that cloud under 10 minutes yeah to like do For bmw he won like 12 out of 15 races that year and won the championship um so anyways he was obviously uh in the good graces of bmw and yeah. when he said hey i want to make these cars they they said okay so the Diana, if anyone has one, yeah. uh, send your emails to team at drivingawesome.com. Strangely, I'm happy that I'm not so much of a 2002 dork <laughs> that I knew. Oh, that, yeah. That no, would no, just no. be weird. No, no, no. I've never heard of it. And uh, I don't know if we'll ever see one. But um, if you ever see a, a quad headlight 2002, you might think, hmm. Deer skin interior. Deer skin. Deer skin. <laughs> Dude, right? Yeah, that's creepy. Deer skin's like pretty nice though. Dude, like, I know, but it's really fine. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Mr. Corvette over here. Yes, uh-huh. fucking door old panels. He doesn't know what leather is. <laughs> He's like the Hannibal Lecter of yeah, exactly. car interiors. Dude, that interior is so heavy. <laughs> All right. His interior is like that thing is so dirty looking. That's gnarly with open the exposed fucking dash and door panels is really gnarly. You I, take a I, shower and you're like, that was worthless. Yeah. I put my dash pad back on, Warren. Oh, okay. I don't know if you saw that. I couldn't get that close to that car. That's the thing that kept falling off. <laughs> I, I leaned up against it and I immediately started cleaning myself afterwards. Steering wheel looks a little dirty. Yeah, I remember you touched the seal. Yeah, oh, yeah. The and seal. you're like, Art just, <laughs> just was rubbing his fingers. look on his face. Exactly. He wasn't even saying anything. It was like it was a just, butler yeah. judging someone who cleaned a room with like a white glove. And was like, mm. Mm, nah. Yeah, the yeah. one bummer is the steering wheel is kind of falling apart. That's the one bummer. The one bummer. That's the only Single bummer on this episode. You're right, Warren. There's more bummers than that. Um, but I will say that the seating position and the actual seat is really good on mm-hmm. that car. It's it's pretty comfortable for you know huh. any of the driving you want to do. And <laughs> uh, is it the seat that's good, or is it because because you're low and the console kind of keeps you in and everything? Well, I'm, it's a combo of both. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, like the shifter falls right in the right spot, and right in the hand. It falls better, in the hand. <laughs> literally. Better ergonomics than I was expecting. Uh-huh. You know? I think that's what goes on is you, the expectations are quite low. Super low. And so maybe it's just anything that will the, lift you up. The seat is a good place to be because it's actually got seat. upholstery on it. And it's got, I don't want to, I don't want to touch anything else. You know, like there's nothing on the, nothing on the door panel yeah, and everything jagged else. jagged tetanus over here. And then, uh, one, old one, man's skin on this One side. quick Corvette story before we leave. Can't uh, wait. going down one of the fun roads that you guys have all chatted about. Uh, so I swapped the alternator. That was the first thing before the rally. I had it in a box. Stupidly, I left the box in the back instead of wedging it in the front. I had a similar so story. Like this. halfway down the mountain, it the alternator flies out of the box and is rolling around in the back. <laughs> oh, shit. Man, you didn't pull over because you're driving. I was driving, man. Yeah, you can't so, pull over. I thought about it, but I really Just didn't want to. Dance in the yeah. it, was, it was like bang, bang, like left and right. And I was would just wait. I was accepted the fact that it was probably going to bounce and break the back. That's window. what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Rather than like stop, pull yeah. over. Yeah. I He's mean, like, it's going to break the window. 40 Here's seconds. the thing. Here's the thing. You never know when you're going to have a clear stretch of road in front of you, right? Yeah. I pull over. Yeah. And everybody's going to get in front of me. Oh, and thing, yeah. This is a race. We're winning this race. Yeah. Hit the brake hard and hope that it comes in within hand. Yeah, exactly. Or it, and or it flies it hits right you past. in the head, yeah. knocks you out. 
I was trying to grab it, Forrest. Like people but like, I, I wasn't able to get that. Die during, you know, because their skis like oh, run into yeah. their heads and oh, stuff. Yeah. yeah, so I... Um, I mean, for that, I would have, you know, it's like I was being sensitive during the braking portion so that I wasn't getting it flying, you know. So who won the rally? Brian, obviously. He never oh, stopped. Yeah. Yeah, That's right. true. Uh, so no I, did, I did actually... We're all I don't know if you've seen this, but in the M-Coupe has an integrated like freaking net that that pulls up and hooks up to the roof have it's you a seen dog. it it's also alternator net i thought it yeah alternator i thought it was for dogs right but um when i loaded up the car and picked up matt at hushy pushy uh, put him back there they threw him back there and he freaking cat he caught on that net no but Former i mean dogs. we stacked up all of our bags and shit in the trunk right and so like it's perfect for that when you step on the brakes all that shit goes flying into the interior because it's right there right I think so it's for a dog, so it it works i would have so a similar net. experience yeah. to Brian is I had all the extra rally bags, which ended up in my car. Water bottles. I had a half of the uh, the other half. Dude. <laughs> and so they, they tipped over and I had water bottles of beef jerky <laughs> oh, no. flying around. And I I was saying with Brian, I'm like, I can't stop now. It would have just taken too much time to put them all back together. So and what are you going to do? And what yeah, are you going to break anything? They're still going to open up again. It wasn't going to kill me either. You like, put them in your back seat. Like water bottles. I ended up stuffing them behind my seat. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Water bottles tripped me out like underneath your pedals or something. Yeah, like sketch. That's not yeah. Good, yeah. But underneath, I don't know if they have enough room. They can actually get underneath. We survived. Yeah. Another rally. Survived. We another did. day, another rally. Thanks for coming on for us. Yeah, thank you for us mm -hmm. so thank much. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah. Appreciate yeah, it. We'll have Absolutely. to do it again. Pleasure. Thanks yeah, for coming on the rally. Thanks for the badges. Dude. Thanks for my cup holder Many for my thanks. E30. I'm really stoked. I'm going to put that in right now. I'm going to uh, rip the Porsche badge off and just put it right there. Yes. Nice. Oh, on the hood. Nice. Yeah. And uh, we'd love to have you back on uh, updates of your further, uh, you know, development. We got to go up and see your shop too. Yeah, I want to see house, but it sounds like a lot of you fun. You are really all absolutely cool. invited. And uh, like, like I had said to my wife, she asked how the the rally went, and I said, "I have found my people." Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, so that's an, an honor. honor for us. That's an honor. Totally. Yeah. We got to find some shitty parts for you to lose money on. Oh, <laughs> for you to make losing proposition here. <laughs> yeah. I I just I've told Lane about. Well, Start making Corvette parts. Dude, huh? There you go. You may have Those fallen pedals. in with the wrong crowd for us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I've told Lane before, maybe the group collectively, but I am. I am certain that Lane is going to want to live in your shop after yeah. he sees it. Uh, it's totally up his alley. All the fabrication shit you got going on in there. I want to live up in your little Subaru 360 van that's up on the wall. Uh, oh, wait. Whoa. Wait, okay. Yes. Right. Forrest spilled a beer. <laughs> no, no beer was spilled. Hit the van, so it was totally <laughs> empty. No beer was spilled. Yeah. So I was getting yeah. ready to smack our yeah. <laughs> Is it a Subaru 360 van? Subaru 360 van. Yeah. yeah another two-stroke two-cylinder uh 360cc key thing that's cool which is now yours upholstery storage yeah i just hung it from the rafters to get it out of the way <laughs> literally so cool. yeah took the door I need off a shop like yeah that. we gotta go up there the maybe we can make our way up there on the way to like HoopDecon or something yeah we're super all invited i uh i'm looking forward to coming out to radwood sonoma yeah you're calling Hoopty, it HoopDecon. yeah Okay, well, we'll see you guys later, and uh, thanks for joining us. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. See ya.
How was the interior, that environment? You're keeping yeah, that? so... Forest so, <laughs> almost like threw up over You know, I'm, I'm bouncing around these roads. I want to talk roads. about it. It's a super stiff car, too. Um, and so, like, these rough r sections, like, I don't have a... I have a decent sidewall, but not a lot. Uh, my dashboard would be flying off. Like I'd be going around these things. Any any tricky maneuver you pull, and you got to push the dashboard back on. But it's nice and clean in there. And like, dude, you don't even have okay. a you have, don't even have a dash pad or door panels. I